This is Free Talk Live, and that's very funny, Mark. Very cute. <laughs> nice. You like Eight, the Don't Call It a Comeback? 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And here I am, a day early. That's right. Ian Freeman, the, the you know day 58, I believe it was, uh, yeah. in my little piece of paper here. Yep, day 58 of uh, the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. This, this is the end of it all. Woohoo! So, I thought I was. I thought I was going to be in for longer than Sam, uh, Sam Dodson, who was in prison for fifty-eight days. But it looks like we got a tie. Oh well, there's some kind of synergy there. Yeah. It's wonderful. Glad to have you back. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's good to be back. So, uh, so I guess probably the first question is, why am I out a day early? Why are you out a day early? I, I haven't walked even told in, you this. I walked right. into the studio or the, the you know the, the the building here, and um, you're standing. You're standing there. I was completely stunned. I had yeah. no idea why that you were going to be out. You were supposed to be out tomorrow at the earliest. Well, apparently the word got out on Facebook fairly quickly. Uh, I didn't. I haven't even logged into Facebook. There's like a thousand messages just in my Facebook yes. uh, alone, which I'm not looking forward to catching up on. Uh, but essentially, I was working in the kitchen at the jail today, as I've been doing on a lot of the days uh, there. You know, busy chopping an onion when I was told <laughs> to come out to booking with one of the officers. And he's like, don't worry, you're not in trouble. And I said, well, what's this all about? And he said, I don't know. And so when I get out there, the superintendent of the jail, uh, Rick Van Wickler, who's also a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, uh, was standing there. And he goes, uh, he was wearing his suit, as he normally does. So I said, Ian, would you like to get out a day early? And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> apparently they'd already bagged up all of my stuff from the cell. A friend of mine here in town said that it'd be funny if I'd said no. I'd yeah, like that would have been weird. Because then they would have had to put all my stuff back in the cell. Or, or who knows what they would have done? Push me out the door. I don't know. They would put you out uh, the door. Yeah, but yeah, they probably. were ready. They were ready to have me leave. And in fact, they gave me a ride back uh, back into town because they, they didn't want me calling Pork Four One One to you know get somebody because I don't know who to call. It's they 10 didn't want the, the party morning. to show up tomorrow morning exactly you figured it out that's, that's exactly what this was about because people knew that some people in town knew that i was getting out tomorrow at 9 a.m and so i think uh, pete nadamo from liberty on tour.com and cop block were going to come with marv and they were going to have signs made up and probably people would have come in marv and so they would have you know they would have had people free staters liberty activists at the jail and we know they don't like that because they arrested a dozen uh liberty activists over a year ago at the jail and and banned us all from uh from being there with a, a no trespass order which is obviously their new uh their new move nowadays with banning people from all sorts of areas yeah i don't know if y'all have talked about that on the air but uh derek our very own derek here has been banned from central square along with a couple other uh, great activists in the area ryan and Roz, all three of them Banned for a year from what is supposed to be a common area. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I mean, that being banned from a particular park and, of course, having to pay for that park in the form of, of taxes. Right. right. That's the real, I mean, that's the most insulting thing about all of this is that I'm paying taxes to put myself and my friends and people I don't even know who haven't harmed anyone else, which, you know, to me is the real story of the jail and one of the things i want to do when i get a chance uh is blog about i've been taking notes as, about some of the people that i've met uh is kind of blog about their stories not necessarily to use their names because i haven't asked them if i could but to just tell their stories about you know why they're there why are people sitting in this jail there's so many of them that don't need to be it's just sick yeah i mean well that's that's what the uh the the 
prison industrial complex is essentially turned into. It's well, it's a- one thing to look at the statistics, right? I mean, you can say, oh, America's got the most imprisoned people of the entire world, and there's all kinds of just shocking statistics. But when you actually get to dig into the stories, that's when it really starts to, I think it really it really hits home for people. And a lot of people don't want to pay attention to the jails. They don't, they just want to look at, oh, there's the jails where all the bad people are. And they want to pretend as though, well, it's only bad people that would be in there when I think that probably the majority of that jail doesn't belong there. Gotcha. So, um, you know, what, what do you want to do now that you're out of jail? You've been in jail for almost two months. I took a nice walk uh, when they let me off downtown. I had my big bag of uh, jail stuff with me, so they don't bag they, of crap. They don't actually take you to your home or anything like that. And thank goodness it wasn't in the middle of January because I would have been walking in my summer clothes. Well, where'd uh, they drop you off? Wh- where? Yeah, where? Downtown Keene. Uh, Just... the, the Greyhound stop. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can either go to the Greyhound stop or the hospital, and so I went to the closest one. And so they offer home. that ride to you from the jail to to everyone. Well, no, what they what they try to do is get you to have someone pick you up. So I see. The but rule, they don't want you getting um, having somebody pick you up. The, well, right there's that. There you but go. The, the rule is that you're supposed to have somebody with a driver's license show up to get you. Now it's ten o'clock. Most of my friends are working, uh, and I don't want to bug you, Mark. You you live out out of town. And so I, well, I said, well, maybe I'll call Pork 411. It's a system we have here that allows activists to communicate and leave a voicemail. It gets blasted out to email addresses all over the place. I'd heard people call Pork 411 from jail before to say, hey, I'm out. Can someone come get me? It's a great way to get the word out sure. that, that you're out. And somebody then calls the jail back and says, yeah, I can come get you. So that's what I had proposed to the guards. Well, okay, I'll, you know, I can just, you guys can call this number because they wouldn't let me do it. So, well, here, just call this number and let them know that I'm out. And somebody will call back, give the number they can call call back and they'll get back to you and they decided they didn't want to do that uh so they then decided to give me a ride normally they wait all day so if you can't contact like if you're just regular joe getting out of jail they're gonna they're gonna make you sit there all day long until you can find somebody and if you finally can't find somebody maybe then they'll why wouldn't you just walk at that point they won't let you you're kidding me you're free but you can't walk away that's the claim what happens if you run away you're stuck in booking until they let you out. Okay, I mean, you're be- you're behind uh, UL certified gotcha. uh, gun f- gunfire proof doors level six <laughs> level six because five wasn't good enough. Yeah, UL certifies bulletproof doors just I'll, to let you. Wow, know. bet they do. Yeah. Someone's got to test them, make sure they're bulletproof. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it how's it feel? What are, what are your thoughts uh, about being free now? You know, it's, you it's interesting. Uh, you probably can relate more so than anybody. Uh, having no, I didn't have any thoughts at all. Prison for nine uh, nine years. You didn't have any thoughts. I didn't you? really. No, I was just like, uh, you know, you're trying to figure out things, and I was I was stunned. Yeah, most of the time. Well, it would have. I just wanted to play with the dogs. A, was it like a fish out of water thing for you? I mean, having extraordinarily a, yeah. sure. I mean, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It's only been two months. Uh, but but there was, I think, a factor of like my synapses hadn't fired. I hadn't seen these surroundings for a while, and so just being back in the studio, being with some of the, my friends I hadn't seen in a little while. Uh, even if I'd seen them in uh, like on the visit that they have at the jail, right, it's like a that. video visit. Yeah, and you're looking. Basically, it's like a low res webcam. It's a terrible way it's to visit. Awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you see people in person, it's just kind of a weird, oh, that person's smaller than I remember them. And it's just it's a weird feeling. Uh, and it's, it's like everything's kind of new again. At the at the same time, it's not. It kind of feels like you know that uh, when you when you go back to this the old school or the uh, old homestead or whatever, and you get a chance to walk around this place that maybe you grew up or a little bit yeah. whatever. Nostalgia has that feeling. I don't think it, I didn't feel like nostalgic to me. Maybe it hadn't been long enough. Okay, but it was just huh. 
just a kind of an odd uh, feeling that you can't get any other way than just being away from something for for a long time. Sure, everything's exactly as you sort of imagine it to be, but. You know, you're just not used to it, and yeah. it's a some things have changed. Yeah. You know, there's different construction going on in town that hadn't been going on. The sure. leaves have changed colors as well. So we're right, we're about to peak, not quite, maybe another week or, or so. But right. peak falls coming up here in New, in New Hampshire, which is always beautiful. So well, and and, and, and things around the house too. I mean, that you come to, you come back to your home, the place that you've known for quite a while. Well, since you've been here in Keene. And there are other changes. There's people here now. There's uh, the you know, porch has been redone, things like that. So I think, I don't know. I, a lot of people wanted to have, you know, things in order so that when Ian came home, it was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, this is like, you know, a lot of individuals and activists wanted to sort of really show that when Ian isn't here, it doesn't mean that things stop. That no, we, we continue to grow hope, and evolve i hope the government people figure that out because uh things well, certainly did continue while i was in jail i mean look, no a- activism yes. actually activism essentially had been um on the back burner as far as civil disobedient type activism had not been really taking place uh here in Keene until you went to jail so i don't know if that um you know, a coincidence. Yeah, it, know. Whatever. I mean, I hope that they correlated in their minds that look locking people up isn't effective way to do away with the civil disobedience. And apparently, speaking of that, there's a, apparently a new fashion statement uh, amongst uh, disobedient activists to continue wearing their jail bracelets. So, <laughs> uh, Derek, who was arrested a couple times since I was in jail, yeah. was actually uh, wearing his on the recent ep- uh, episode of Free Keen TV, and the guys in jail loved it, and they thought that was great because we were watching it in there like a real fashion statement if you want to give ian a call talk uh, you know ask him some questions about jail 855-450-3733 or call in with whatever you want yeah please 855-450-3733 free talk live are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the SACL CAI toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. And if you have a company that needs to try something new, perhaps in the areas of accounts receivable... SACL CAI can handle it for you. They handle collections, uh, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. I was just uh, sitting, as a matter of fact, with uh, Jason Osborne last night. He was in the studio doing the show. The man with us. behind SACL CAI. That's correct. Jason Osborne is awesome, and uh, it was it was great having him in. And we had a good time uh, after the show. Went out, to, uh, grabbed a cocktail. It's a lot of fun. Good for you. So that's give usually us inevitable when it comes to Jason. Yeah, that's, he does <laughs> does like to keep it real. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. So Ian, did, would you like to do a real radio program instead of talking about your adventures in jail? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not here to talk about myself all night. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly it was an interesting experience, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for anybody. But you might as well go in with a positive attitude. Well, and that's what I did. One thing I, I want to bring up just briefly is the keen spiritual retreat sort of yeah, attitude yeah. that you had, and a lot of people commented, at least a lot of activists that I had 
uh, spoken with. Uh, definitely wanted to, you know, use that same moniker when they were talking about, you know, what what you were going through and how it was affecting you, and the idea that you were remaining positive. And every visit that people talked about, they were like, "Ian's positive. He's, you know." So, sure. what what aspect of that, you know, do you think was fulfilled as far as your own, you know, spiritual uh, retreat needs? Or right? Did you reach nirvana? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, but all that said, I did do some. Uh, I did learn about Buddhism while I was in there, as a matter of fact, as uh, well as. Uh, that's uh, a title for the show prep here. Ian reaches nirvana, as Go well ahead. as. <laughs> I read the Quran and uh, did some more research on Islam. As Forty well. versions? No, I didn't see anything about. I didn't see anything about that in the in the Quran. But uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was actually Sam Dodson who was on this show for quite a, a bit of time from the Obscure Truth Network who came up with uh, the old Westmoreland Spiritual Retreat, which is where the jail used to be located, which is nearby Keene, and it then moved last year into Keene within the political designation known as Keene. And now it's it's in a much better uh, position, by the way. It's right on like one of the the main highways, if you want to call it. What that. do you mean a better position? <laughs> well, it's easier to access. It's closer. For you whom? don't have to drive as long. Well, uh, for people in Keene, I see. Uh, and so you know you can go there, and it's easier for people driving by to see. So when people are doing uh, some sort of a protest or outreach, as folks did at one point, certainly uh, that cars can actually see them instead of being back in the you know backwoods of a of a small town. Right. So I mean, its its location is good. And so he used to call it that, and and I when I first heard that I thought, well, that's really you know not only is it clever, but I think it also uh, I think it also puts things in perspective that most people wouldn't really consider when they're going to jail. And of course, some jails are better than others. And as I indicated in uh, several blog posts over at freekeen.com, this jail is like the club med of jails. I mean, it, there are a lot worse places that you could spend time. I would concur with that. Than, yeah. than this jail, like specifically Maricopa County with uh, the psychotic Joe Arpaio, oh, uh, sheriff. And so being in a place like this, where the superintendent of the jail is himself a law enforcement against prohibition member, you know, kind of gives you a little bit of an inkling of what you're getting into. You know, some of the, the guards there understand that prohibition is a really bad idea. So I had some conversations with them about, you know, a few different issues. But, yeah, going into it with a positive mindset is really important. And that's what I did actually back in Westmoreland. When I was in there for you know a few days uh, about four four years ago or so, and I felt like going into it with a positive mindset helped kind of set the tone for the entire experience. That's what I did in this particular instance, and I thought it worked out really well. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think. Well, part of the part of the good thing that that comes about from that is is when people go to visit you, and you know a lot of individuals they they feel bad for you being in jail. Of course, they feel bad for anyone being in jail, let alone you know one of their good friends. But for them to go there and then come out from this visitation experience and, and be positive in their own, you know, it's sort of like you spread the positive oh, message to them. so you felt like them. it affected them. Yes. I think, I think they came out of the jail instead of being all down and, and sort of depressed that their yeah. friend was in jail. They were like, oh, well, he seems to be doing good. And, and, and you know what? We should, we should do stuff. We should be, you know, oh, feeling the same way. Sort yeah. of that sort of attitude. So I think that was very good for the... Uh, the people that that value your friendship. Yeah, I got some uh, mail from people I obviously never even heard of before while I was in there. I got a whole stack of mail over uh, two months that I was in there, and thank goodness for MailToJail.com, which really made it easy for people to uh, to reach out to me. And of course, I replied to pretty much everyone that gave me a return address, unless they specifically asked not to be replied to. Uh, 
except for the people that were like in New Zealand because I didn't know how many stamps to put on there. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry to to most of the international listeners. I had no idea what the postage was. I didn't want to put on too few stamps and then have it get sent back for Or too many later. and pay too much. Well, I wasn't too concerned about that, but I mean, I only have so many stamps at, sure. uh, at any given time. Uh, but some people would write to me and uh, there was a guy who appears to work for a newspaper in Toledo uh, who was like sending, he was actually sending me the paper and then when he would send me envelopes, it would be from The Blade, which is the name of the paper so it was like business station you know like a business envelope so it seemed like he worked there and so he was cutting out the sudoku from the newspaper and sending that to me it's like here in case you you need to fight the boredom i have to tell you I'm sorry, but I didn't play any. Ga- you know, I played no mind games while I was in there. Really, I was so busy working in the kitchen, replying to letters, and reading books uh, because I, I hardly ever make time to read books on the outside. And I really should, and so this was my time to actually read some stuff. Up. Yeah, uh, and so I did, and I this really I. I didn't get to read everything I wanted to. I was actually I I'd, <laughs> I'd planned on finishing a book tonight in the, the cell block, and, well, they let me out early, so I wasn't able to finish it. So Kicked you out a day, le- a yeah. day early. A couple people that sent me books, I didn't, get to, I didn't get to read them, unfortunately. So what are your thoughts on uh, civil disobedience for yourself going into the future? I imagine, um, you know, you've at, at this point, this was a real hit. I don't think you, I know you didn't expect to go to jail at the time you did. Um, True, I expected to be able to be out on 30 days worth of appeal, which is always the way it's been in the district court, but this particular judge didn't care about that. He just sent me right to jail and you didn't ha- so you didn't have an opportunity to, to sort of get set um and get right. everything in a, in a row so it was uh you know there was you got thrown to the wolves and uh from what i understand initially. you did a good job with it so. i Certainly. that's what people say i don't you know i i don't think that the well, show i definitely want to say it uh mark has definitely increased his his skills with the radio show is he that thinks you're just blowing smoke no no, no, no. i think that he's right uh, that i have increased my skills well, he good. has definitely increased but his that skills. doesn't make me good no, no, it makes you better. It makes you better. Yeah. That's that's all. Oh, on the path to good is better. <laughs> no, I don't. Born being the good path at radio, to good is better. You're not born being good at radio. It takes practice yammering into a microphone. Well, regardless of what Mark says, I think all the listeners and the fans of the show, people, you you, you just definitely thank Mark because he yeah, has man. he has definitely shouldered the load for a while and he's done a great job. And regardless of his modesty and and whatever. And Mark, I appreciate modesty. I'm not modest. I do. Well, that's true. He's, well, he's, he's not a modest mostly person. modest. He's working on his nails modest. right now. As I am we not speak. a modest man. I'm telling yeah. you that I don't think that the show is good as good with me sitting in the first seat as it is with Ian sitting in the first seat. I I, I t- tend to stammer a bit more. Uh, then again, Rush Limbaugh stammers all the way through did, his did show. Did any program directors cancel the show no. because of you? No. Okay, well then we're one. all right. Well, no, and and downloads are not down. Uh, actually, web vi- visits were were up by four times. But we turned. We saw that uh, that turned out that that was uh, some Turkish spammers. And, uh, <laughs> buy your so, Rolex watches. So I mean, the web, web views are you know pretty pretty uh, sound. It's interesting. You know, I didn't know that the show was comparable to Neil Bortz and uh, you know like the uh, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram as far as their website sure views. I'm pretty sure it's not. I th- I think it is. Well, let's come back with more. Yep, we're going to have to. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com. Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. 
Your path to success begins now at allsuccessclub.com. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been chatting away with Ian, our normal first chair host, who's uh, sort of stunned and shaken and out of jail. (laughs) I'm taking it easy tonight. I wasn't supposed to be on. Unfolding. So I figured uh, since I've been up to since 530 and I have not taken a nap, I'm a little loopy here. Oh my goodness, no nap. Five. What time do you get up? Oh my gosh, I get up about eight twenty. Okay, that's every three day. more hours on me, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Handle it. It's not like I've never gotten up early and well, not taken it, a nap. Was it easy for you to go to sleep when you were in in prison? Easy to go to sleep, like at night, like when lockdown happens. Dude, I was in prison for eight and a half years. I wasn't in prison. I was living there. I got I mean, you. I, I, yes, it was easy for me to go to sleep. It got easier for me over time, but it, but I'm normally somebody that takes a little while to go to uh, to go to sleep anyway. And I yeah, probably wasn't getting to bed until like 12 or 1. So we were talking about you know, I four used, hours. I uh, used earplugs, which had been given to me by, um, you know, one of my, uh, the people I worked for. Um, you know, they're contraband, but I had them. Yeah. I used earplugs and had a uh, blindfold that I put over my head. I mean, I, I went to sleep. You nice. know, I'm scared of nothing. They stag me while I'm asleep. Fine. I'm going to sleep. So, you know, I couldn't hear or see. <laughs> completely blocked off. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact. It has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun that you must own. Made in America, made for you. Ruger.com. Yeah, and we have a webcam, too. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com, and you can watch, for whatever reason why you want to do that, I don't know. To see Ian. Yes, and you can see my bushy jail beard. It's awesome. I haven't. It's so awful. It's so awesome. Well, I I don't know if it's awesome, but uh, I can't really grow a full beard because it makes me want to give you change. I just can't agree with Mark. (laughs) That's all. It's so terrible. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. Somebody actually posted the uh, a photograph from the cam up on uh, Facebook and uh, you know, put my, I just got a notification from it since you know we're labeled and you haven't checked your email. You probably have a thousand emails in there, if not more. It's more like two. I'm wow. sure you do. It was uh, Clyde. It was what the guy's name was. Yeah. <laughs> Did it? So, so you had asked a question. Yeah, I had asked a question before we went to the break, and I'm very, uh, I'm interested in the answer. And we'll still take calls about anything too. Absolutely, right? still free talk, talk about whatever you want to talk. about. I'd like to hear like what's going on in New York City. Indeed, yeah. um, you know, it seems to it seems to be picking up sp- yeah. momentum. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, and you can go back and listen to the shows we've been talking about Occupy Wall Thank Street you. just about every uh, every every evening. So. Civil disobedience. Uh, you're a big proponent at one point in your life. Uh, Still you, am. You seem to have uh, backed off a little bit um, in the not. last couple of years with the uh, with the or the last year or so since uh, you had a whole bunch of arrests. When you say backed off, do you mean backed off as in not doing civil disobedience or backed off as in not advocating it? Um, you have, certainly haven't been doing it. Correct. Because uh, as I pointed out, uh, civil disobedience when you don't have a whole lot of disobedience. Uh, participants, non-cooperatives, when you don't have a lot of them in one place, it means that people get picked off. And that's what we saw with Derek uh, because you know he's been arrested three times over this summer. I was yep. arrested three times last summer. And uh, once those things start to happen to you, the, the penalties start getting worse and worse. 
and they you know they just they just keep racking them up and they you know they want to punish you and teach you a lesson and so ideally a civil disobedience movement should have more than a handful of participants. Should be hundreds. I would uh, say. Sh- yeah, well, it should be at least dozens, if not. I mean, hundreds would be great. Dozens would be nice, and dozens is certainly more doable in the immediate future. But you know, if it's just a person here or two people there, they're going to get nailed and they're going to get put, you know, nailed up against the wall. And that's just how things have been going here for the last several years. There have been some great instances of civil disobedience, like historic stuff. And it's the reason why I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I would have moved eventually, but it's the reason why I moved sooner. Because right. like uh, some of the earliest movers right. here to Keene Russell were and Kat Canning definitely inspired a lot of people to move, including uh, yourself. Yeah, and uh, that's but seeing and you have seen it since you've been here the growth of of the amount of disobedience that actually go out and do stuff and get you know arrested and go to trial blah 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 has increased steadily and now it's to the point where people are getting arrested. It seems without even trying, they're not. They have no intention. Like Jason Talley had no intention of going in there to get arrested for anything. He just simply went there, and by the normal course of his actions, went to the courthouse and yes. was arrested for having a video camera. Right, right. It's just like, and then they're cracking down. They I mean, are. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but so to, to, as to whether or not I'm less of an advocate of it, certainly not. I, I think that the more people that do civil disobedience, the better, specifically non-cooperation. You know, it's one thing to go out and and make a point of disobeying something in public. That's usually what civil disobedience is, where you kind of announce in advance, hey, I'm going to go and do this and it's illegal and what are you going to do about it? That's more of a civil disobedience approach, whereas non-cooperation is when they come to you with like a speeding ticket or something like you did this recently, Mark, you went to and took a speeding ticket to court or you even just a parking ticket, you know, any chance where they're going to aggress against you without you having really done anything on purpose uh, to start something, you didn't mess with a hornet's nest, so to speak, that's when you do non-cooperation. If more people did that stuff, just simple things like not taking the plea deal, going to trial. You didn't take the plea pay, deal, that's for certain. Not paying the fine. And, and now it, it, but it, to your own detriment, they had offered you a, a It's lower... usually to your detriment to yeah. not take the plea deal. Not taking the plea deal is a big picture activism move. And it's not right for everybody. In fact, I've heard there's been some critique recently about, uh, you know, there's a don't take the plea deal. There are flyers that are, are passed out. There's a website, uh, nevertakeaplea.org, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's behind Never Take a Plea came to see me in jail recently. He was here visiting New Hampshire. And he says, well, there's this you know guy online who's been talking out against taking the plea. I said, well, for him, that might be right. He has a family. You know, they count on him. And, uh, you know, if, if, it's not right for everybody to not take a plea. Sometimes your immediate circumstances mean that you have to do it uh in my case i i'm fortunate i don't have kids that are depending on me i mean i've got people in business that depend on me to some extent but thank goodness i've got a great network of friends and associates who help out uh, and who've done a great job uh in my absence and uh so i'm i'm you know i'm able to do this i have the financial wherewithal to be able to weather it so it's either you have to have a decent amount of financial wherewithal or have nothing at all to do civil disobedience if you're in between it, it makes it even worse but for me it was a big hit financially i mean it wasn't cheap for me to do nope. this because uh, I had to hire a contractor to kind of handle things in my absence, some of the things that you just don't have time for, Mark. And uh, But overall, as I mentioned in one of my blogs at Free Keen, Was It Worth It was one of my blogs. I, you can't just look at things from a financial perspective and say, oh, well, you lose money from doing civil disobedience, so it must not be worth it. That's not why I got into it. I didn't get into it to make a profit. <laughs> Right. You know, when you when you break the the law, uh, you know there's a chance you're going to go to a jail cell. 
You, you have to accept that it's likely that you're going to go to a jail cell. If you can't accept that, write a letter to the editor. You know, go run for political office. Do something a little more safe than putting your neck out there for civil disobedience. And not everybody can do it. I mean, as much as it would be great for a bunch of people to do non-cooperation, and I think it would be excellent to encourage more people to do that sort of thing, it's not realistic to believe that it'll ever really catch on. I think, you know, it's like it's not going to catch on fire for people to stop paying speeding tickets. People are scared to death of what the government will do to them and their families or their children and ruin their lives. And for good reason. I mean, they're not done coming after me. I've got another trial coming up like seven or eight weeks from now. Yeah, you've got a, you've got another trial and you could very well end up going back to jail. Right. I've got a suspended sentence hanging over my head. I've got nine more months in jail, suspended sentence, suspended for two years. So that's one of the reasons why I'm more cautious now. I was cautious before this because I was out on bail, and if you violate bail, they could revoke your bail conditions and put you back in jail. And this is the real dark side of civil disobedience, right. is that when you start doing non-cooperation and civil disobedience, it is a very empowering thing, and you're encouraged by other people who are doing it, which is why I started. When I moved here, I thought, well, I'm going to come here, and I'm going to promote what these guys are doing. These guys are doing awesome civil disobedience. I'm going to talk about it on my radio show. I'm going to record video of it, put it online, and I did that. And at some point I realized, and I don't know what point it was, but at some point I realized I've got to join this. I've, I've got to be a part of this. It's that exciting, that important. And I can't advocate something on the radio that I'm not willing to do myself. So uh, at least that's how I feel. Right. right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've, I've got some uh, questions and, and thoughts on civil disobedience that I really want to uh, sure. you know, discuss. But I, what I really want to know is do you intend to continue doing civil disobedience in the next in the near future while you've got this uh, suspended sentence hanging over your head? It would be a very stuff? poor idea, but we can talk more about it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Talk Live, 855-453. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here. Free Talk Live. We've been uh, talking to our main host, uh, Ian, about his uh, adventures in jail and reflections on civil disobedience, that kind of thing. You can call in, comment. If you think that uh, Ian should continue to raise the banner of civil disobedience, charge at the enemy lines, I don't think give us a call. Yeah. Well, he can raise the banner without charging. Yeah. No, no. Right. I don't think anybody who does civil disobedience can always be on the leading edge of it i I don't think that's possible you're going to end up in prison at some point you know whether it's on a habitual offender status or something like that or they just finally come up with something to get rid of you uh i think it's a really poor idea and we haven't seen that happen people coming and kind of go from the, the the spotlight if you will generally in in the world of civil disobedience here in new hampshire i talked about this in one of my 
uh, blog post at freekeen.com, my blogs from jail, uh, there was a, I think it was a really lengthy one about my reflections on civil disobedience. It was like 20 pages ri- handwritten. Uh, and thanks to, uh, by the way, uh, Mike Barsky over at mailtojail.com for transcribing all of that stuff. Man. Uh, so, you know, I got into this where there's different, there's been different waves. So before we moved, Mark, back in 2006, there was like the first wave of, uh, the, the cannings and, uh, Lauren Canario and some of these early on early, the earliest movers to New Hampshire as part of the free state project, which is a movement of uh, liberty minded people all focusing their efforts in one place here in New Hampshire. And that's what got me jazzed up watching the video of those folks, Doing civil disobedience, like wow, this has never happened in the history, at least my living history of the the liberty movement. I've certainly never heard of anything like that happening within the movement. And I thought, gosh, I got to be, I've got to be a part of this. And so they made Russell's life a living hell. Frankly, I mean, you know. Well, to be fair to Russell, I mean, he did have uh, a situation with child support that kind of complicated things uh, for him. Uh, kind of getting involved in the system will bring up whatever skeletons might have been in in someone's closet. And uh, anyway, it's ne- it's never easy. I mean, it's we're talking about civil disobedience here. I mean, you look at the past, and w- in comparison, we've got it easy. No one has turned the fire hose on us, although Derek was sprayed with pepper spray recently. Yep. Uh, the Puritans were killing Quakers for coming to Boston um, at one point. They were cutting off ears, uh, whipping them through town after town as they got them out of the you know the Massachusetts Bay Colony or Plymouth or wherever they were they were doing them. So I mean, yeah. Certainly, your punishments could could have been worse. Right. I mean, you look at what happened to some of Gandhi and Gandhi's followers. I mean, they were physically beaten in many cases, and uh, it's just well, it's just, changed. Just getting back to non cooperation that like you were talking about uh, last segment is the idea right now. If you want a divorce in these New Hampshire courts, you're waiting six months yeah. plus for your first hearing. So if if individuals are clogging up the court, this this don't take a plea deal type stuff. If they follow through, it it'll get to the point where they can't schedule cases within a year's time. You know, it's interesting. They can't do it, and um, the 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 reason they said that uh, Ian's uh, didn't didn't get a speedy trial was because he didn't demand it. And I'm kind of curious if he would have demanded a speedy speedy trial at uh, five. It's six months is supposed to be the the uh, the limit there. If five uh, months and three weeks, if he would have demanded a speedy trial at that. Time would they have then had to get in within the six months because he no. demanded at that time frame? No, I mean, there's there's no actual date. The, the six month is just uh, in New Hampshire. There's a, a court case I think that says that within six months of the original the court getting the paper paperwork, they should have filed, they should have you know scheduled your trial. If they don't, that allows you to have a hearing about the speedy trial. I see. So if it hasn't been six months, you can't have a speedy trial hearing until it's been six months. So at that point, that's when they get to make all their excuses to why they haven't done it. Um, yeah, and, they just, and whatever excuse seems to fly, but, um, like this, their excuse was, I don't know, it was his fault. I mean, that's right. really, I mean, they it really amounted bomb. to a bunch of crap. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Let's uh, let's go to the Cobra Commander, and then uh, we'll continue talking about civil disobedience. You should take over the front chair here if you no, want. No, I'm just trying to. God. You're tur- you're looking at me, so you're not seeing the calls. I can see them from here. That's all. Let's go to Cobra Commander <laughs> calling from his secret base. Welcome back. Hey. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thank you. How's the campaign going for president? Oh, I'm still working on it. It's going pretty strong. I've got more support from military members than any other presidential candidate. <laughs> really? Wow. Why? Why is that? I guess they, you know, they know who is going to give them the job that they truly need. <laughs> you really support the military guys. So will all the military guys have to to wear those Cobra outfits? 
Oh yes, absolutely. They love the uh, they love the blue, uh, green. They're probably getting tired of the green. <laughs> what about that little thing, the bandana they wear over their face? I mean, that has to get uncomfortable wearing that all the time. Oh no, it keeps the dust and wind and uh, you know infant blood out of your mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh God. now wait a minute. This sounds like, uh, by the way, Cobra Commander from GI Joe. In case people don't know, uh, but uh, now. When you're dealing with like being a soldier in the desert, these guys have you know fifty hundred pound packs of stuff that they're carrying around. They've got all kinds of equipment on them. I mean, the the Cobra uniform is much more streamlined, isn't it? I mean, it's it's you, they don't need all that extra stuff. None of that bulletproofing. No, just the killing well, stuff. That and also, I uh, replace their blood and make them cold blooded. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> That would definitely help in the desert climate. <laughs> yeah, and, and, well, in the G.I. Joe world, nobody seems to ever shoot anybody, so it doesn't really matter whether you have bulletproofing or not. You mean nobody ever dies? They don't actually fire weapons? They, they shoot at, but they never hit. Yeah. That always it's bothered me. It always bothered me about cartoons when I was growing up. I mean, I grew up in the 80s and, and the 90s, and uh, like they would shoot the helicopter, and then the helicopter would explode. But everybody you know, had their parachute out. Just right. jumps out. Right. Yeah. It's kind of unbelievable. So, what, what would you like to talk about, Cobra Commander? Did that frustrate you, by the way, Cobra Commander? Like, you kept trying to kill these guys, and you just never really got anywhere with it. Oh, it's the thrill of the chase that keeps me going. <laughs> I see. So, what did you call in to talk about? I wanted to tell Ian, uh, give him some suggestions, you know, because a month or so, is, it's a bit too long to spend in jail. He should, uh, next time, he should probably have some henchmen. With a drill machine that will come up under the prison and he can escape. <laughs> wow. You know, a drill machine would have been very useful. They didn't think, I can tell you that, they did not think about the drill machine in designing this prison. It's a $40 million facility. They spent way too much. Apparently, they at one point, uh, in a several design flaws, there's one changing room where they didn't put a U-trap in the piping. Oh, God. So you can smell Stinks. urine coming up. It's horrible. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think they factored in the idea of the underground drilling machine. You've already done a very good job of reconnaissance, I can tell, for you the know, next time you get talked up. That's what I like <laughs> about you, Cobra Commander. You're always thinking up new ideas. Yeah, the, uh, where does one get a drilling machine? eBay. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Cobra Commander, thanks for, the, thanks for the call. You got anything else? No, that's it. Have a good one, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank good you. luck with campaign. your presidential campaign. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the website. That's excellent. Cobra <laughs> Commander in 2012. Ron Paul, he's got, you know, he's got competition. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard Ron Paul's really taken off, too. Ron right? Paul. Is true? Uh, Ron Paul's doing well. Herman Cain's ca- uh, campaign is, uh, you know, the ramping man. up. Yeah, the the, the ex-Federal uh, Fed, uh, Reserve Chairman of uh, St. Louis. Like, it'd be one thing to have a pizza dude, like a delivery driver, running yeah. for uh, for president. Pizza no, dude for I president. about a CEO. Now, I mean, you know. <laughs> Plus, he's a statist. Lots of lots of uh, platitudes and gimmicks, and really not a lot of substance to the campaign. I think he's he's taking off right now, but once people really get a chance to look at the guy, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear about Ron Paul uh, doing well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely as I've we've talked about Ron Paul a few times here on the show, and and my my position is as long as he wakes people up to the idea of liberty, uh, I mean, keep going, just keep waking people up, keep. Getting people involved in the ideas, and hopefully they find the Free State Project or Free Talk Live. There are a lot of people who've come here who've said, I'm here because of Ron Paul. I'm one of them. Right, you're one of them. Yep. So, I mean, that, that's 
that's a success story that you just can't take back. And and anybody that critiques Ron Paul from the you know the so-called anarchist, well, you know, he's politics, and it's terrible. You shouldn't do politics. Ron Paul's the reason why politics is worthwhile because it gets the word out. And to get back around to the discussion about civil disobedience, if I've changed my position on anything over the last few years, it's I've changed my position towards getting involved in inside the system stuff. Because when I moved to New Hampshire, I was pretty jaded against doing inside the system stuff. I figured, you know, it didn't work in Florida. It's not going to work in New Hampshire. Well, a side note, a lot of people call civil disobedience into system activism because you're spending so much time in the courtroom and dealing with the courts. It's true. And you the, could. Uh, the bureaucracy. Right. I mean, if you really want to do outside the system activism, tell them tell them to take their courtroom and shove yeah. it. It's just uh, unusual inside this. It's sure. not typical right. inside the system activism. But you get my drift. I just think that uh, we, we have to have a well, well, excuse me, I've been up since five, uh, well-rounded movement uh, in order to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Well, you remember the um, the the fifth of november money bomb that uh, was yeah, the last 20, what 20 million dollars some it? huge number that ron paul got yeah. and all the news he got out of it they're going to do that again and they're uh, they got a new plan it's called black this really? um and it is uh, a day no october the 19th can you tell we're, me more about it coming up yeah we, we can i mean I've, they've actually they're advertising on the show that's why i'm, I'm doing Even live better. right now <laughs> and uh <laughs> you can find out but we're we're bonusing them by the way <laughs> so it's black this com and get involved I'm going to, and I would encourage you to, too. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. It's the SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's an interactive program. We've got an interactive website, freetalklive.com. Go there. You can uh, link to blog posts or news stories, whatever it is that you want to link to. There's a lot of eyes hitting freetalklive.com. Certainly more than your little Facebook page if you're putting news articles up there. <laughs> Go to <laughs> freetalklive.com. Uh, link to your story. People can vote it up, vote it down. You can do the same with theirs. It's one big interactive community at freetalklive.com. So, Ian, we were talking about civil disobedience. By the way, it's Mark. And it's Ian. I'm out of jail. And JJ. And we were talking about civil disobedience here. And I do support civil disobedience. I think that uh, civil disobedience done well is a good thing. I question as to whether or not it has been done well here in Keene, New Hampshire. Now, I can't... There's been a lot of it done, so to just call it 
it is not really fair, right? I, I, I think maybe, maybe not. Um, so you believe all of the civil disobedience that has happened here has not been done well? I'm going. What I I'm, let me make my statement okay. before I, uh, you know, answer that. I would say um, to the answer to that question that even if the civil disobedience that has been done well is sullied and tarnished by the civil disobedience that has been done poorly, I can't even critique as to why what which ones are, have been done well and which ones have been done poorly because largely each individual act I see re- you know like I support them okay I get it I get it you know I mean it's fine by me the individual acts I support it's how it is perceived in the community we had uh, this uh, this gal Erica um, shoot what was her last name the author that was on um, that Chenoweth Chenoweth that uh, discussed the uh, civil resistance violence yeah, why, why civil resistance works. And her uh, you know, statement was that you had to get the public behind you. And the more I have been talking to people, because this is you going to jail has really brought it up for me, talking to people about this, um, you know, interacting in the community more than I mm-hmm. normally do. And I just can't find people that support it. Now, I'm not saying that nobody My specific does. one or anything? In general. Okay. And uh, basically the idea is, is that free staters are bad. Okay, and people don't know why, and they don't care. the The meme has been created, and it is yeah. out there, and most folks don't seem to uh, to support it. And I would be now. I they it's, don't it's, know why. They don't. It does. You don't need to. Yeah. And, and so at this point, as far as I'm concerned, it's like you, you know, whatever attempt has been made, and this place has been uh, sullied, and the civil disobedience isn't going to work here. And I don't think you, frankly, you're going to have a heck of a time getting elected if somebody slaps that free stater label on you too. Well, okay. as, as far as that's concerned, a lot of the sort of, I guess, ideas and what influence that I can have, I've been trying to get more strategic civil disobedience done, more civil disobedience that's thought out from the courtroom back and planning for, to win that court case and then to follow through with countersuits and suing the city and blah, blah, blah. I think that would be a, a huge uh, benefit to what goes on. If, if you had court cases where you're winning against the city, then people would say, oh, my goodness, maybe maybe there's something being done wrong by the city. Some, well, it's, it's not... Would put the onus upon them. It's obviously something partially new for this area. We have yes. talked about strategically doing stuff. It's difficult to come up with that one act that works and that succeeds and that you can win and follow through on. So... I think a lot of it is people exploring different avenues, different approaches, sort of probing the the beast that is the state, if you will, and, and finding weak spots and, and whatnot, chinks in the armor. But I think a lot of individuals that I talk to, I'm really trying to get them to focus on not just acting out of impulse, but acting out of forethought and, and more strategic, tactical moves instead of just simply, I'm arrested. But at the same time, I also have to comment on the living free aspect of the civil disobedience acts that have been committed. And a lot of individuals that have been arrested have been just simply living free as free people, doing what they do without harming other people. And like from, smoking a bowl in Central Square. Exactly. Or, or um, you know, free speech this. And, That's and, not really living free, though. I mean, how many of these people smoked bowls in Central Square prior to that? I mean, this is going out there. This is civil disobedience. You're going it's out there. It's how you intent. would live free. If it's a nice day, it's nice to sit in the common and enjoy a, a joint. Yeah, I you know I mean or most people aren't going to do that. A beer in Central Square? Why? That's what I because uh, they serve them all the way around the square. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty place. You're enjoying your day off. You want to relax. Same reason you relax at home with a beer. Same thing. 
That's where people think you should uh, relax. Is well, that's restaurants. the problem, isn't it? Is yeah. that people have uh, preconceived well, notions so, okay, of what so, is and what th- is not appropriate. Right. And, and my critique isn't that I think that the civil disobedience is bad. I'm saying that it has failed. And, that, and at this point, you're starting not from zero. You're starting from negative whatever. And well, wait a minute. You have to define how it has failed because if you look at different instances of it, there have been some successes, like unqualified successes. Uh, the 420 celebrations, I think, are the best example. Now, to be fair, they are cracking down now in Central Square. But for for a couple years there, it was like a completely demilitarized zone where anybody who wanted to could go and get uh, you know smoke pot in uh, Central Square and they wouldn't be messed with uh, by the police. So I think there was some real But that's ground they can take stories. immediately. Um, I think that a bigger success is what has happened with cameras um, here. You can at one point yeah, it was, you'd get all kinds of problems for recording cops. It here depends on how you look at it. Yes, you can record the police outside, but if you try to go into a courtroom, things have gotten worse in there. That's so it because all just depends. you know they're they're reacting, and I don't know whether or not um, over time you guys are going to have success um, in the courtrooms or not. Well, but it seems like a hill worth is, dying on. The, the factor is numbers, and the reason why there hasn't been any long term success is because there just aren't and there's not enough uh, sustenance, there's not enough solidarity, and there's not enough numbers of activists. And, you know, maybe that's not the way to, you know, ultimately, that's not the only path to freedom. I think that ultimately you've got to change the system somehow, because even if you've got people in Central Square smoking pot and they're being left alone, some 20-year-old kid is getting pulled over out on the highway and getting his uh, car shaken down, being taken to jail for having an ounce of weed on him. So it hasn't changed how they behave outside of a certain area. And ultimately... I think most of us would like other people to be free. It's not just about yes. activists living free. It's about other people being free. And somehow the system is going to have to change, whether that's through non-cooperation, forcing them to stop handing out tickets. That's one thing. Or whether it's through working through the system in the political uh, arena to sort of change the laws and see if that would somehow solve it or cooperate, you know, sort of a cooperation between the both. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take, but something has to stop these police from going and aggressing against all peaceful people, not just the activists who get uh, get together. Okay, so please address what I'm talking about. Um, and what I'm talking about is that apparently a scientist studied uh, – a couple of them studied civil disobedience movements. They found that they were far more effective than uh, violent resistance. How many people did – I'm just curious. I don't know. How many people did Gandhi have in his movement? I bet he had hundreds and hundreds yeah. um, so we're not there yet uh, indeed and so i so is your claim that you don't really care what the public here in keen thinks as far as the civil disobedience comes it because all depends what you want is for people to pick up and move and then once they get here you'll start at negative 50 or whatever it is work your way back up to zero where they uh you know are I ambivalent towards free staters and don't hate the the very term <laughs> and then work your all, way up from there you're speaking in uh you know collectivist kind of i am concepts. i am they they look, they look, wait wait, wait, wait a second okay so I'm willing to I'm willing to work with Jason Osborne to go through SACL CAI. They have calling software, and I'm willing to call every uh, home in the three five seven prefix here six zero three three five seven, which is Keen, and uh, there are other prefixes, mm-hmm. but you know I know that that one is in Keen, and we can give them a little survey where they can press one or.
one or two or three for I hate you. And um, <laughs> we'll find out really what the people of Keene think. If you That's want scientific surveys, we can do it. But I think that you're going to find out. telephones. You'll find out whether people with landline telephones. I knew, I knew this was going to be the, so, uh, the concern. Well, right? that's a legitimate concern, isn't it? Then you're talking about octogenarians, essentially. You're talking about people over the age of 65. I, I have a landline telephone. Right. Some people have them, but it's true, Mark. You know it's true that younger you people... You have a tan- landline telephone. Only because of business purposes. Younger people... And even people in their middle in middle age uh, are not interested in landline phones I can, anymore. We the can, same way that newspapers are dying, landline phones are dying off. People are picking up cell phones. Somebody in jail was telling me that their grandma doesn't have a landline anymore because the cell phone's more convenient. I, I, I look. Um, I can't use SACL CAI to do it because they can't call uh, so cell phones. It would be legally. interesting, but, but I could, wouldn't be I'd scientific. be happy to call twenty numbers on keen cell phones and give them a list of questions myself and ask them because they couldn't do anything to me personally. Um, and then would you be would you be willing to take a twenty uh, an in tab of 20 and then I'm, I'm willing to look at whatever you give me mark but that doesn't mean i don't think people should stop being disobedient non-cooperative and living free screw whatever it, uh, the consequences are free talk live the ruger lc9 compact powerful and perfect for personal protection the lc9 is only slightly larger than the popular ruger lcp features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate the lc9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system blued alloy steel barrel manual safety and loaded chamber indicator the lc9 Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-453. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Do you want to become electrically independent? Then you need a power system that'll take power from the sun, the water, the wind, gas generators, DC welders, bicycle generators, whatever. You also need to start small and be able to grow your system. The SG-1 by Sound Wisdom is the excuse me, the only system that'll enable you to do all these things. You can see it at freetalklivesolar.com. And even they're, they're available for questions all the time. You need, you need a lot of education before you get into the, the solar thing, and they can give it to you. It's freetalklivesolar.com. Let's go to Joshua calling from Oklahoma. Joshua? Hi, guys. Hey there. I was uh, interested by your discussion earlier about um, suing the city after you've done some sort of activity. And having been to court and discovered that it is a deliberately tortuous process designed to take your money and wear you down, I have a slightly different strategy. still involves courts, but not necessarily lawsuits. Um, Federal Code, uh, Title 18, Section 461, if memory serves, makes it a felony to violate anyone's rights under the Constitution. And you can even get the death penalty for it. So if something is going on... Yeah, there's some some pending action against you. Uh, a shorter version of a lawsuit would be to go into federal court and ask for an injunction. This is still involves attorneys. There's still some money involved, but you file your papers, you have your hearing, you walk away, and you're done. It win or lose. It doesn't have time to grind you down like a lawsuit does. Well, it sounds it and sounds it results, like. Go ahead. 
But just if, if you win, it results in an actual order from the federal judge saying, stop this activity right now. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's quite quick. You can uh, file some paperwork or whatever, and then you get a hearing, and then that's, it's over. It, uh, it, it all happens at once, rather than the long, drawn-out process that really just sucks one's soul. Well, I was talking with any, any interaction in the court system is going to suck your soul, but uh, it's really frustrating <laughs> to, to deal with it. But I was talking with a lawyer uh, who is a Free State Project participant. He moved here and and, uh, he's a good guy. Unfortunately, you know, there just wasn't enough business from free staters with thousands and thousands of dollars to throw around to keep him employed just doing that kind of work. Uh, but he suggested – so he's still up, he's still in the area, but he's got a job doing something in, in the legal profession. So he doesn't really have time to actually be hired on as an attorney for, for people. But I still get to talk to him from time to time, see what he thinks. He suggested an injunction in the situation where the local courts have banned all – electronic devices in clear violation of their own rules it's you know open uh, records requests and things like that and they're violating their own laws he said this is a clear case for an injunction so the question is okay the injunction thing sounds good and in fact if you get an injunction apparently you can actually get some cash like as a settlement like okay so they arrest they mark they threatened you with arrest and ujj uh, if you went into the court they threatened you and said they were going to arrest you if you went in the building with a camera that's correct jason talley was recently arrested in that building for going in with a camera Derek was arrested in another court nearby for going in with a camera so we've got all kinds of examples of them uh oppressing freedom of speech the freedom of the press and so maybe there would be a good case for an injunction, and maybe some of those folks could get some cash out of it. But as of right now, I don't exactly see lawyers chomping at the bit to jump in and file these uh, these lawsuits for us, because I don't know how to do it. No, it, it would take some cash, but it would take far less cash than an actual lawsuit. But shouldn't a lawyer who thinks it's a good case be willing to do it on spec, basically, on the idea that he's going to get his payout at the end if it's a successful case? I mean, don't we have attorneys who believe well, in freedom that, that true. much who will do that? I don't. I don't know. Um, I. I think. I think that for one oh. thing, as a commission salesperson, you know, I'm going to go after the thing that's going to pay me the best. And if right. this isn't going to give you that big of a payout, then why would they go after this? They'd be rather chase a few ambulances or whatever. Well, why don't you go sh- uh, sell for Glenn Beck then? Because you'll get paid better there. I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Plus, I get benefits of being on the air, Glenn. Uh, yeah, All right. I certainly couldn't do the show with the Glenn But my Beck. point being, <laughs> there are supposedly liberty-oriented attorneys out there. It sure would be nice if more of them would move to New Hampshire and help some of these guys out. Now, there is one guy who's like doing that to some extent, and I want to talk to him. I just, I've been in jail for two months, so I haven't had the chance to really, uh, really sit down with him and, and present him these options. But I think that anything that can work out, I, I favor it. I don't know how likely an injunction is, but I think it's something that should be tried. It never has been tried before, but it requires the people with the know-how uh, to be willing to do that because us, uh, you know, Joe Schmoes here, we don't really – I mean, I've been sued by the city now to uh, – where they're, they want a judge to decide whether or not they have to release information on an open record request i'm trying to get the uh, the photos and the police report of the guy that set himself on fire out in front of the courthouse here in public and they're saying oh well, we we don't know if we can give those to you we're going to have a court decide and then they found in the favor of the city because i hadn't filed an appearance which they said they said i had to file but i don't know anything about filing an appearance i don't recall getting the notice that i needed to file an appearance so it's like you know if you don't know what you're doing you're just in over your head and you completely lost so where are the liberty loving attorneys and why aren't they moving to new hampshire well there it's a profession that was created to stand between you and your rights for money so they're on the other side of your rights and it takes money to cross that bridge I mean, or, or you can go learn New Hampshire procedure. 
And you can go into state court and you can get a root of review where a superior court, you know, appellate or whatever, would say this court misbehaved and didn't do it right. And they have the authority as far as, I mean, in most states to simply set aside any judgment, stop any activities, move a case, change a case. Uh, in Most states have a statute that says that the court is empowered to do anything necessary to achieve substantial justice. And the only time you get a substantial injustice is when the judge doesn't know about that or doesn't care or, you know, for whatever reason, that one gets left aside. When someone creates an injustice by a technicality that seems to go in his favor, it's because the judge is ignoring that, that one general overriding responsibility. And if you go to a superior court for a writ of review, which is also a brief process like an injunction, uh, it's like an injunction only, it only applies to courts. Okay? Uh, you can, again, have a, a shorter process that isn't going to take the time and money to wear you down, but it will take some money. Well, and either you learn New Hampshire procedure or you hire somebody. Yeah, we, we've been looking. A lot of activists here have been talking about doing uh, the camera ban injunction or or uh, trying to apply the Glick decision through the federal court to apply to this court. This and, is the one that said you can record bureaucrats. That's right, right. and and so there's there's a there's some people looking at that right now as as another tactic at their disposal, and I think it, all tactics ought to be tried at least once or twice to see how viable they are. I, I don't think removing uh, removing tools from your your tool bag is going to help you fix problems. So I think trying out these these tactics, going into the court for injunctions, suing the city for cases that you've won or that you've defended yourself. Uh, even running for office, all these things are viable tactics here in Keene that I think haven't been employed in a way that can truly find out their their real mettle. Or anywhere across the state, really. I mean, there are a couple of suits pending, I think, in the case of, uh, like, for instance, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com was arrested as he was leaving the scene of uh, a hotel where he was asked yep. to leave. And I, I believe there is a countersuit involved there against the city of Nashua. I think countersuits are probably the way to get started, really, um, with making civil disobedience more effective uh, here in New Hampshire. I think that that's absolutely going to So this to- is one of those things that needs to grow, and more people who are like the legal eagles, and thanks for the call, by the way. The more Joshua, people thank that, you. Uh, that are the legal eagles, Eagle types, whether they're lawyers or not, just if you know your stuff, like he sounds like he knows a thing or two. Yeah. You know, come here, help people out. A lot of people are having trouble. They don't have the money to hire a lawyer. And if the lawyer doesn't, if you can't afford a lawyer, a lot of these guys aren't going to even bat an eye at you. 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. Sacral toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It is Mark with you, and it's Ian and JJ. What would you do if you found out that all the best liberty activists from around the world were be moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. 
Again, it's freestateproject.org. And that's well, we don't have them all yet, but well, we're working on it. And that's part of the idea behind a lot of the civil disobedience that's been going on here in Keene, getting back to the discussion uh, a couple of segments ago, is that a lot of what's happened here has generated a media sort of blitz that goes out and attracts those individuals like Ian who saw civil disobedience sure. happen here in Keene and came here to move here. And I think... There is something to be said for that. There is something to be said for pushing the agenda of the Free State Project Why through. did you end up in Keene? I ended up in Keene because it was the media capital, or the Liberty Media Capital of the world, and Russell and Kat inspired me, mm-hmm. and you know, Ian and Mark, of course, were here by then. And uh, So it's building. It really is building something. It is, and, and there are a lot of people, in fact, with uh, this, this recent, you know, you being in jail, of course, and individuals have, have expressed a much more stronger interest to move to Keene or mm-hmm. just to New Hampshire in general. They've moved up their plans. They have um, some individuals have just visited, have decided, I'm going to just take the chance and visit and see what it's like. And sure, then they fall that. in love. That That isn't very important because, as Ian said in, in his uh, you know argument, is that the numbers aren't here yet. We need to get the numbers here. Let's We're, talk about the numbers for okay, a minute go ahead. if we could. Um, sure. And I think this is important. Uh, Keen, uh, how, Ian, how many liberty activists were in the Keene Keen and the surrounding areas when we moved here? Five. I think say there were seven. there were more than that. Five, you know, seven, eight, nine, um, something. Five like to that. seven that came out to things. Well, they were here. Um, you know, you know, I'm, I'm I talking can count about, them on one hand for the most part. I think that there were a few more. Plus, people would visit and stuff. But okay, um, you know, there were there were, there were a few. How many are there now? Dozens. Dozens. Yep. Uh, really? How In many the dozens? Area, I would say at least three dozen, if not more. Maybe that, fifty. I think forty that, to fifty is a good. Come out to events. Oh yeah, over all the different events we have, sure. All yeah. the different events. Some right. events suit others more than right. It's you know. not. It's not right for everybody. Right. No. I mean, when you have your festivals and people come, they come from all over. There's no doubt. But I'm talking about with the civil disobedience. No, I mean aspect. people that live in the area. Oh, oh, just civil dis. Wait, are you talking about people who do civil disobedience? It's people who come out to the civil disobedience stuff. Not how many movers we have. So people that support civil disobedience or people that support do it in it. real life in the sense that they do something about it. Do I support civil disobedience? You said you do. Okay. Uh, well, I don't do it generally, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, how many people were out of the jail protests? I would say the jail when pro- I was locked in there. I think it was about 10. Did they? 10, uh, 12. And, and by the way, um, that was set up by somebody who wasn't from Keene, who just came back, who it's was true. one of those sort of uh, initial ones. Yes. And I would contend that your growth of, in civil disobedience hasn't been that large. No, it and, hasn't. And they frankly tend to come create a uh, ruckus and then leave um, is, you know, kind of what goes some on. Well, so there isn't there isn't as much learning, perhaps, as could be achieved. S- some have left and some have just kind of quieted down and, and focused on other matters, it as also it should se- be. Yeah, it also seems like uh, out of five people that move here, one of them is going to be civil disobedience and, and go out and get arrested for something and, and you know, push their luck. Uh, so that might factor in it too. I no, but I agree with what Mark's saying here is that there there isn't a big growth in that particular area, nor is there a big growth in the area of po- political activism either. Oh, there's um, they've got uh, more than a dozen people not, in the state I mean, house. In Keene. We're talking about in Keene, which right. is where we do this this I show. Come here for politics, either. Um, and and it is a it's a growing movement nonetheless. But you're talking about a movement at least around here that is mostly young people. 
who don't have uh, what it takes to be, you know, to put it on the line to do civil disobedience. They're just trying to get the bills paid, uh, let alone you and know, establish themselves yeah. here in this community. Right. Exactly. There's, there's still people moving in. We still have more people moving in than uh, than moving out. And people leave the other areas too, Mark. I mean, people don't stay here. You know, some people leave Manchester and some people leave uh, the seacoast. Just we're not around those folks. We don't know what their stories are. Let's go to Charlie, listening in Indianapolis, WXNT. Charlie? Hey. What's going hey, Charlie? on? What's on your mind? Hey. Well, you know, uh, a couple things. Uh, first off, uh, you know, I listen to you guys talk about civil disobedience a lot, and generally I agree with you. However, I think it's worth noting that there should be a caveat there. Simply disobeying the law for its own sake really accomplishes nothing, and I think that's what you guys are getting at. Um, you know, when, when you talk about disobeying the law, Make sure that it's you know you know you're going to put it on the line for for a cause that's worth putting it on the line for. What would be what would be a cause like that for you? Uh, a cause like that for me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a good point. You know, to tell you the truth, I'm not I'm not especially incensed with the world as I see it. But you know, a, a cause that's worth that, that that is worth putting my freedom and my my economic security on the line for. Um, man, I, I, I don't know. I put you on the spot, and, and you know, it's a fair answer. To say you don't know is a fair answer, and I think a lot of people are in that position. They've never even considered this before. Like you said, your life is pretty comfy. You've got, you know, some nice uh, things like television and movies and beer and well, sports and things like no, that. No, hold the phone. Hold the phone. Yeah. Your life is pretty comfy as well. And, and to put all of that on the line simply for... You know, example to to bring a BlackBerry into a courtroom. You know, it, it it just seems like you're 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 waging a lot with a very very small payout. Anytime and, you do and, civil disobedience, you're always putting something on the line. See, from the risk averse perspective, doing nothing makes sense. I mean, if, so if we have what we have, right? If you're averse to risk, and that is putting something on the line in order to possibly have something change in the future, then it doesn't make any sense to uh, to go ahead and do civil disobedience because they could take your kids from you, they could put you in a cage, they could kill you, they could hurt you, they can do all manner of horrible things because that's what they do, and everybody knows it at some level. That's why they pull over for the police, and that's why they pay their property taxes, and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, but but, but you missed the point. You missed the point. What? My, my point is, you know, there, there were certain people who who were uh, civilly disobedient, and, you know, the big ones that come to mind, obviously, are Martin Luther King, we're talking about Gandhi, we're talking about Henry David Thoreau, and what these people were putting it on the line for was a big thing. I mean, Martin Luther King put it on the line to say, treat me like a human being, for God's sake. Well, you don't think that, and, ha- and that, that we, filming, we, you don't think that filming courtrooms and having accountability in a, in a free society is an important thing? Well, I think when you put it that way, it's a, it's an important thing. Well, that's However, what it's all about. That's what it comes down to how with Blackberry. Charlie, how many trials? How many trials have you been in? How many trials have I been in? Yeah, uh, plenty. By the way, uh, your 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 last caller was bashing attorneys, so that's actually uh, what inspired. So you're an so you're an attorney. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so so what level of uh, video recording ability does the average person or attorney have to come into any courtroom where you've worked and actually record the proceedings? Well, uh, l- l- let me counter that with another question. To what extent does does your average Joe have any business in your average civil court proceeding? That's uh, you, he, that's really where it's come it. down to, Charlie. You're right. Um, the fact is they don't want us in courtrooms. And one really has to ask, do we have an open judiciary or are we really running star chambers? 
in uh, well, Orlando, you know, Florida, they would not allow those folks. In, in Orlando, well, Charlie, you know, you... the fact is that light is the best disinfectant, right? So if they can operate under, if they can operate in the dark, then they can do what they want. Don't you agree? Well, actually. To some extent, but but again, I think that you guys are oversimplifying. I think I you're think, demagoguing. No, 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 no. You're talking about civil. No, you're talking about civil. But most of the cases that have been seen here in Keene are, are related to criminal matters, and I and I think I think every criminal matter, anytime the state pulls out its gun and points it at someone, there ought to be someone in the public filming that and holding them accountable every right. single time. Charlie, don't you well, think that a criminal? On, don't you think that a criminal proceeding should be public? Be, before you guys gang up on me, let's let's understand one thing. Every appeal is published, and it is public. Every judicial not opinion the same. It's appeal. not the same to read right. a court order That's as the it is crap to watch they wrote it. down afterwards. Thank you, by the way, uh, for the call, Charlie. I, I appreciate you know hearing from you, but he's he's clearly defending the system that he works for. And by the way, attorneys, well, while some of them I like very much personally, and I think they're valuable in what they do. Attorneys swear an oath to uphold the court rules. Attorneys are officers, sworn officers of the court. You learned this yep. when you uh, decided to become an attorney, you know, kind of an attorney Power for a attorney, day yeah. uh, for one of the people. I wonder what people think when they hear this, where an attorney basically doesn't want court cases to be open to the public. You can read the decision, Mark. That's right. enough. What we decided later, what we wrote down. 855-450-3733. If you think that courtrooms should be open and that this is crazy. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 32nd edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. Eight fifty five four fifty three. It's a sacral toll free call in line here on Free Talk Lives Live Thursday Night Edition with Mark and Ian out of jail and JJ. <laughs> On Free Talk Live, we talk about getting into gold and silver. I think it's a pretty good idea. There's been a, a correction in the market, and it's uh, down a little, but I suspect it will be back up. If you think the same, you should go to gold.freetalklive.com. Look at all the options we have there for getting gold and silver into your hands, because frankly, that's the best way to have it. Uh, it is a an inv- Not only is it an investment, but it's an investment that they, they, they can't track and take uh, capital gains from you and all that other stuff. So there's an immediate benefit when you look at gold and silver as an investment. You can choose to give it to them, or you can choose choose not to but it's uh it's it's up to you it's gold.freetalklive.com let's go to jim in pennsylvania jim hello what's going on hey jim hey i just wanted to uh welcome ian back thanks i hope really you had more than that, that though please please say <laughs> yeah, more than um, welcome back <laughs> well uh that's important too but what i really wanted to comment on was the your your conversation about the value of civil disobedience and I just wanted to add something small. I think any resistance is, has a positive value, and I think that we really lack that in this world are just you know examples of people saying no to illegitimate authority. So every mm. time somebody does that, you know that's, that's a win for us. And I want to tip my hat to those that also are illuminating those acts, the, you know, the Pete and Ademo and the Jason Tallies and 
the you know the Ridleys and uh, the you know like you guys the radio shows because uh, you know if we don't know about these actions they can't inspire anybody and I really believe that courage is contagious and they do so inspire we, don't they I mean they, it absolutely. worked for me absolutely and you know you might be measuring your response you know locally and keen and saying well we're you know trying to figure out how it's benefiting you locally but you might not be aware of the influence that may extend around the world for who knows how long to some extent uh, obviously to some extent i am right because i'm in jail and uh, there's mail to jail.com that makes it possible for people around the world to easily send me mail uh and i've gotten all kinds of pieces of mail by the way thank you uh, jim i I recognize the voice jim babb uh from pennsylvania i keep him on the line don't you Uh, but i just want to thank him for saying thank you i'm gonna get rid of the guy he said i didn't say (laughs) i didn't say thank you for the call that's the code but uh jim you sent me a piece of mail and i appreciate it and you're you're a man with a family. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay, two kids. Now, you're looking at moving to New Hampshire. I don't know what your status is on that. Where, where are you at with that process? Well, we've, we've looked at some wonderful properties this past summer, and we determined that we can get a much nicer property there than, uh, than our house in Pennsylvania for basically the same value. So it's wow. the hurdle of un- unloading a property and pulling oh, up yeah. some uh, some tent stakes and doing it but which is one of the uh, reasons why we see younger people tending to move sooner rather than later people like uh, JJ or myself that's right. uh, 20s and 30s moving sooner cuz many of them don't have homes i did have to deal with this process and it did take me you know several months to sell a house uh, down in florida after uh, i had moved and i did lose some money on that proposition uh, but i you know i was willing to do everybody that. lost money in real estate in the last few years no doubt about it now uh, jim I don't know if you I know you're looking at the Keene area. Maybe you'll end up here. Maybe you won't. But if you were going to move to the Keene area, you would be bringing in your family with you. And inevitably, people with families network with different people than people, single people in their 20s and 30s, for the most part, uh, as far as the people that already live in the area, as far as the people you meet and uh, you know the, the networking circles that you walk in. And it's people like Jim and anybody else that moves here that's a nice person, an easygoing individual, somebody who can communicate the ideas of liberty. It's the people that are coming here that are going to make the difference in changing people's minds. All the anger that you're talking about, Mark, the stuff that's burning you out that you feel from some people in the community that are expressing it to you. Yes. Uh, And for you, you feel like it's a lot of people. I say that there's obviously people with different viewpoints, but I acknowledge that angry people are out there. Anytime you rock the boat, people are going to be angry about it. And civil disobedience and non-cooperation rocks the boat unlike anything else. It gets a lot of press coverage. And so my point being that the more sensible people come in here that love liberty, that are going to go to church and they're going to go to, you know, networking functions and, you know, join the young professionals group or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, sewing club, whatever people do. That's where they're going to meet people. And eventually it's going to come out in conversation. Wait, you're a free stater. But you're not like the people that I heard rumors about. And it's just going to clash with their viewpoint. The truth that happens is so going to often clash with here the, in Keene. the misinfo. What do you mean by that? That that happens so often. Individuals here who have I'm not going to mention any names at the moment, but individuals who have moved here recently and gotten jobs, and then have informed their coworkers or the people at their work that they're a free stater. They're like, oh my goodness, really? Or, 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 or they don't even know about it. They expect you to have horns. Most, yeah, most of the most of the individuals either don't know about free staters. Or they've heard a couple of things, but they don't really and none of them pay have any been attention. Good. And now, now this individual has a positive image of what a free stater is because of interacting with a lot of these new movers 
And I'm not sure I have that experience. Um, one of the experiences I have, and uh, J- Jim, I'm, you're uh, welcome to jump in here. Uh, one of the experiences I've had, though, is that you know I've got I participate in my Quaker meeting, which is essentially a church, and I am a volunteer at the fire department, and I f- I feel a level of tension um, n- between you know me and separation between me and uh, the community because they ex- they know that I'm a free stater and I've got some ideas that are uh, dis- different than theirs and they're just not sure about it. So I don't know that th- that's entirely I think true. it's entirely on the individual. Okay, I, sure. I, I worked at this place here in Keene. It was high-tech manufacturing. It was definitely the upper crust of, of skilled mechanical jobs. And after I was done working there for a year and a half, two years, basically all of my coworkers were, were very friendly with me and, and just would, would bend over backward to help me out. And I was very open about being not only a free stater, but an anarchist, a rebel, a non-taxpaying individual, blah, blah, blah. And to this very day, I still have these individuals stopping and seeing me smoking out on the porch, and they'll stop their car in the intersection to say hi to me mm-hmm. because I've made that kind of impression. And you're always an activist here in Keene. You come to Keene as an activist, 24-7 is when you're holding that sign. So every interaction you have, whether it's with the, the person selling you cigarettes or someone at the drive through whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to present some sort of image that you uh, ought to be conscious of. So, Jim, as somebody who's on the outside looking in, I mean, wh- what does all this present to you? Are you uh, concerned about uh, making the move? How do you feel going into all this? Well, I mean, moving's a challenge, but, uh, you know, I can't, I can't wait to make it happen, uh, assuming we can. Do you feel like but, you're, you're uh, going to move into the po- a poisoned well, so to speak? No, no. I mean, for one thing, uh, every time I go to New Hampshire, it's, it's usually for something like Pork Fest or we hang around for an extra week. And I talk to people around New Hampshire. They're like, well, what are you here for? Pork Fest. They're like, well, what's that? It's the Free State Project. Well, what's that? Mm-hmm. Most people that I've talked to in New Hampshire have no idea what it is. The one person I remember that did know about it was a real estate agent who was showing us some properties. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess he sees the at least self-interest out of 20,000 people uh, moving into the state looking for properties. So There's one guy here who's a lawyer in town. I'm not going to name names, but uh, he contacted me on Facebook, and he's a fairly prominent uh, attorney. And he doesn't he doesn't do um, criminal cases, though. And he's, uh, you know, he's a big fan. And so there are some people who, you know, they kind of keep it on the down low. There's another guy that owns a local store that's also very popular who had nothing but good things to say to me about some of the things that, you know, that we do here. And so, of course, what would be the benefit to a a businessman um, in a a local store saying, hey, you guys, uh, you guys are crappy and you're ruining the town? What would be his benefit? Well, he could keep, you know, he could not blow smoke. There's no necessity. Well, no, there are some, there are some indi- there are places here that are known to not like free staters. Sure. And and, and we do not go there and do not spend our money. Most, so, yes. Um, they, they have decided for themselves that they don't want free stater it's more money. It's more than just that one. But I, but there's, uh, there, yeah, but yes, of course. there's plenty of places I don't spend my money in this town. I choose not to spend my That's money right. because I don't, I don't want, they, those people don't like me. I'm not going to give them my money. That's for sure. So um, in the case of, uh, say, a business owner who who you know has claimed and i think he i think i think i know who you're talking about and i think you're right mm-hmm. i'm just asking you if he was hey looking out for his own self-interest maybe he wants your uh you know your your tin pan buying dollar or whatever it is that uh, that he's selling um you know what, what would i guess be- i'm not that uh i don't look at things that cynically 
Well, I'm sorry. To, sales it comes to meeting people, and I see I see where you're coming from. Salespeople tend to want to create uh, good yeah. relations with other folks because they know that happy people buy more stuff. Sure, but on the other hand, if there was this big stigma attached completely, then that person might be worried about the stigma getting out. Oh my God, free staters are shopping at that store, and we can't have that. So let's boycott, etc. I think it's an exciting time, and I think it's great that people like Jim and families are planning a move. And it, it takes time to get those roots pulled up and, and make the move out here. But the more people that get here. And I don't just mean keen. I mean all across New Hampshire. Yep. The more people that get here, the more folks can be educated to what the truth about liberty is and what a free state project really means. And that it's not a group of, you know, Satan worshipers or whatever the heck it is people think out there. Uh, thank you, Jim, by the way. I appreciate you. you calling in tonight. <laughs> Jim has talked in so See you long. Soon. Forgot he was on there. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Yeah, so I think there's still a little more to say on this. Yeah, uh, come to the here. Shire. We'll certainly take your thoughts as well about anything. 855-450-FREE. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At allsuccessclub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at allsuccessclub.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's live Thursday edition, kicking off the third hour. It's Mark with you. And Ian out of jail. And JJ! And you can call in and talk about what you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Let's go to Abel in New Hampshire. Abel. Howdy. Hey, what's Hello, up? Hello, can you hear me? Um, hey, uh, great to get you out. Of the cage. Thank you for, for, you know, walking away from that. Well, I certainly <laughs> and, wasn't uh, going to stay. Right. So what's on your mind tonight, Abel? They didn't kick you out like they did uh, Sam. But anyway. Um, Close. About lawyers. <laughs> about lawyers, the, um, uh, you know, here they are. They're, they're judges. They're prosecutors. There's, they're, they pretend to defend people, they also, uh, many of them uh, become legislators and and are heavily involved in writing the law. And, and you know, all this activity that, that's been going on, you know, you know, perpetrated by the Brotherhood of Lawyers, you know, I, where, where has been the improvement in, in justice? No, it's been an improvement in the lawyer's ability to uh, to make money because each new law that's written by lawyers allows more lawyers to make further uh, cash. And, you know, it's interesting uh, when you're in jail and you get to meet these guys that are in jail with you and you get to hear their stories and, you know, how much they paid for an attorney and what the attorney recommended to them and how the attorney, you know, <laughs> right. bilked them out of thousands of dollars and ultimately suggested you should take that plea deal. Uh, so, like, this is basically the way it works for a lot of these guys. Now, again, there's some good attorneys out there, no doubt about it. I 
like a number of them that I've, I've met in person, and I think that that some of them are on the right side. Uh, but most of I don't know if it's most, but it certainly seems like most of them are just out there squeezing cash out of the poorest of people, right? And uh, and I mean a lot of cash just to basically say, yeah, that plea deal's a great deal. So essentially, they're they're playing into the prosecutor's hands because prosecutors don't want to do any work, and the defense attorney's making buku bucks on it because he's just saying, hey, take the plea deal. He doesn't have to do any work except go in and file uh, file an appearance and then say, oh, okay, yeah, my client says fine to that. Game over. It collect $5,000 and do it again. It doesn't seem like the legislators, the lawyers, the judges, or any the, the bailiffs or anybody who's involved in the ju- judicial system or, frankly, the legislative system or the executive system is interested in furthering justice. No, no. It doesn't seem like they want more justice goes, in the world. It goes back to my metaphor of the state being a religion and the high priest is obviously the judge he's the one with the robe on and and his his priests his under priests are the the lawyers who go in and as you said in, you know before we uh finish the last hour is that they they take an oath to the state the bar and and all that sort of exam sort of bs that they go through uh, but basically they are officers of the court they are part of the state Machine and what Mark said too was was correct in that they're going to go after the low hanging fruit. Most of these lawyers they just want to have that yacht or whatever it is that they're looking for and have yep. the mansion, uh, and they're going to go after the low hanging fruit. In which case that is all these people that are victimized by the state that have no idea what their rights are. They don't have any clue as to the idea of not taking a plea deal, and so these lawyers just work right into the the, the way the system works. They play into that game and they get people to take these deals, and it's just it's just ringing a cash register for them. Plus. If there were uh, if there were these principled attorneys out there that love liberty so much, I asked last hour, where are they? Why aren't they coming out and stepping up and saying, "Hey, we're going to help these guys out. These these activists are getting crushed under the weight of the system. What they're what's being what's happening to them is wrong." Well, it's as an attorney working in a local area. You live and breathe on these courts, this court system, and this is how you make your money. And so a lot of these guys, even if they might agree with us, they're still not going to go ahead and put their necks out on the line because their bar card is, you know, is up up for jeopardy. Uh, they could have their if their bar card gets pulled, they're done for. They can't they can't work as an right. attorney anymore. And they've gone to school for however many years in order to do this. So that's a risky thing. Who wants to take on the judge when the judge is the guy that you see every day when you go to work and Plus, you depend on? A lot of them uh, aspire to do just that. Abel thoughts. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's to me. I'm I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at you know the, the bad cops out there, and I'm saying, you know, that there isn't anything going on. That you know, and these guys go to school. You know, they claim to you know understand. I, you know, I've, I've actually heard from some attorneys uh, that that they don't even they don't even touch the Constitution. They they don't talk about rights. You know, when, What's the Constitution got to do with our judicial system anymore? And I besides, mean, it won't frankly, let you talk about it. I mean, right. If you try to bring it up, it has nothing to do with it any longer. No. It's really a, very little. It's all procedure and, and policy it, at this Abel, point. Abel, thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. We have a lady on the line. That's right. Oh, I was supposed to go to the lady first. Is that what your claim is? <laughs> I see. Yes. I have probably not been following that rule since you've been gone. I generally look since at the times. <laughs> pop in here with Meg. Meg! Calling from Virginia. Hey, Meg. First off, hi, Ian. I'm so happy you're out. Yes, thank you for writing me. I appreciate it. So uh, you are a civil disobedience superstar. And and a former host of uh, Free Talk Live and probably a future when you get back up here. Yeah, um, if I get back up there. (laughs) What? 
Um, well, we, as some of you know, the uh, Lemonade Liberators, uh, we had our court date this week. Oh, really? It did not go well. Now, just to recap for our listeners, you guys did a Lemonade Stand Civil Disobedience, and you were the only Lemonade Stand to be run completely by non-children, by uh, adult-type people, and they came after you with a vengeance there in D.C., uh, and oh, you yeah. and some others were arrested and charged with multiple things. What were some of the charges? Um, our charges were vending without a permit, failure to obey, and unlawful conduct. All right, so what happened this week? So uh, we went to court, and there was two different courtrooms that we had to go to since one of them was a permit issue and the other was a criminal issue. Okay. So we go to the permit one first, and we go in there, and they tell us that um, about half the cases in that room, the government wasn't going to prosecute them, and they gave us a slip of paper saying, like, due to lack of police paperwork or something like that. And they told us that it would still be on the books, so if anything happened, like, the government still had a year to bring up those charges against us, but uh, they weren't going to prosecute it, so we just had to leave. And so we left, and we went to the next courtroom, which we thought was going to be our criminal charges of failure to obey and uh, unlawful conduct, but it, it was not. And what happened in that courtroom is probably the most extreme example of all this, you know, horrible courtroom drama that now, we've all been Now, before you go on tonight. to describe it, I'm sure you were allowed to bring video cameras in and uh, record it all so we can all see what happened, right? Well, oddly enough, I was allowed to bring in my iPad, but uh, at a certain point, one of the bailiffs came over and told me that only lawyers are allowed to have those things out, huh. so I couldn't have it out. So did you get any? So they have uh, so uh, the Constitution, which says there shall be no what class of royalty or mm -hmm. something like that. Essentially, yeah. the claim here is is that there are special people in the courtroom and they can have special privileges, whereas you, the uh, you, the, the 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 we the people, the uh, the, the, what, the the person the upon Surf. whom the government is founded, Slave. you don't have that right. Yeah. So no, there's no video or anything, unfortunately, which uh, really would have been useful to me, just so. I could know what charge I have right now because I still don't know. Another reason, by the way, if I may in inject here, uh, another reason to move to New Hampshire. If you're going to do activism, if you're going to be in court, and if you're going to do activism at some point, there's a good chance you'll get dragged into court or somebody you know will. Uh, we actually get to have video cameras in, in court. It, they're making it difficult. You know, you have to jump through a couple hoops, but at least you can do it here, yes. unlike in Florida, California, D.C. I mean, we, we hear from people all the time who want to tell us their story and they can't show us their story they can't show anyone their story because they're completely cut out from that so what uh, what went down so um they called our names and we went up there and before we could even speak all together we, yeah all together okay they, we were called co-defendants um mm -hmm. so we went up there and you know we stood in front of the microphone before we could say anything these three men we had never seen never talked to never met they stood in front of us and claimed to be our lawyers and wow. we were just sort of confused beyond belief at that point. And then the clerk started reading off our charge. And it was a charge we had never heard of. All right, so I want to get to the rest of this. You can stick with us, right, Meg? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll have right. More with Meg. <laughs> in moments. 855-450-3733. Give us a call here on Free Talk Live. Hi, 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Ian out of jail. And JJ. Let's go back to Meg in Virginia, but first, you've if you've been listening to Free Talk Live over uh, any length of time, you've been hearing us talk about Bitcoins, but maybe you didn't know how to go about getting them. There's an easier way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S., including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world, no transaction fees, no third parties getting involved. It's completely anonymous. It works just like cash, but on the internet. It's internet cash. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. If you need to find out more about what Bitcoins are and how they work, we use coins.org as a great research resource. So we've been talking with Meg, who is uh, not only a former co-host on Free Talk Live, and hopefully we'll have her back in here someday, but she's gone down on a kind of a furlough to uh, to the D.C. area, where she's been getting involved in some action and activism down that way, which, of course, I always say, be careful when you're dealing with uh, doing especially civil disobedience. Uh, but any kind it's of just activism. just the guy just getting out of jail for doing civil disobedience. Well, he, did it, he did it in the right place. But I'm in New Hampshire, where I've got people backing me up, where people can bring a camera into a court uh, where the jail is like the club met of jails. I wouldn't want to go to a D.C. jail, but Meg is down there and she's facing several charges because she and some others, some other brave souls, decided to set up a lemonade stand in some public park in D.C. and was charged with several things for it. And Meg, you were uh, relating what happened. You'd just gotten into court when you and your uh, two cohorts were called up. They just, three lawyers walked up in front of you. Yeah, so um, they're standing in front of us claiming to represent us, and then the clerk reads off the charge, which is a completely new charge. We never heard of it, and she didn't mention the failure to obey or uh, criminal conduct, which we thought we were there for. It was something like selling, begging, or demonstrating on capital grounds without a permit. And, you know, our uh, prosecu- the prosecutor started saying uh, he wanted us to be part of some deferment program. At which point the judge said, okay, then you are all ordered to take a drug test today. If you come out positive, you must continue drug testing every week until uh, your trial. And, you know, if we are found, uh, you know, positive in that test today, then all these drug tests that we have to take after that and the program that we have to be a part of has to be paid for out of pocket unless we give them all our information and they can prove that we can't afford it, in which case it's paid for by taxpayers. Hold on a second. Let me see if I'm following this. So you come into court expecting criminal charges. It ends up being some sort of a permit issue in this particular courtroom. They want Mm -hmm. to put you in a deferment program, which means what? That they're going to drop the charge as long as you pass a bunch of drug tests? Well, these uh, deferment programs, they just make you uh, eligible 
for the deferment, which means that the prosecution won't go <laughs> forward. But if you're arrested within like a certain amount of time, then it can bring up the charges again. Wow. So it's like and, a suspended so sentence, essentially. The- or something yeah. like that. So you have the charges. You've been given a penalty without actually being found guilty in the hopes that they won't take you to trial. That's the idea. Yeah, that, that's the idea. And it was wow. at that point that uh, we all spoke up and said, OK, we don't want to do that. And the judge yelled at us, of course, for speaking because it's, you know, it was our lawyer's job to speak. Right. For You're us, being represented. You don't get to speak. In Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't even know our name or if we were pleading not guilty or guilty or what. They, wow. they didn't know anything. This is about just an us. arraignment. Yes. And so, you know, finally, after a little bit of bickering with the judge, she uh, let our lawyers take us out of the room to uh, talk some sense into us. Uh. And, you know, we sat down, well, me and Will sat down with our lawyers, and Catherine was actually chasing her lawyer down the hallways. He would just run away from her. She'd ask him a question, he'd run. And so, you know, she ended up joining with our lawyers, even though they couldn't give her advice since, you know, they weren't her appointed lawyer, but she just didn't know what was going on. And so they explained the deferment program to us. We said we didn't want to do it. And, you know, they're like, well, it's not really your choice. Yeah, (laughs) nobody's allowed to say no to this. Because you wanted to go to trial, right? Uh, Well, we haven't even been, you know, given a trial date. Right, but that's why you didn't want the deferment program is because you wanted to have a chance in court. We want trial. Yeah. And um, unfortunately now, because they knocked it down to a single charge, uh, which is just a misdemeanor, it's... So wait, you're certain that they that they've null prossed the other charges? That's a certainty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a certainty. Well, that's a, um, a little bit of good news, I suppose. Well, no, because the no? single charge, its maximum penalty is 180 days, which is just shy of six months. Yeah. Which yep. means it doesn't qualify for a jury trial. <laughs> oh man! So you stand in front of a judge uh, begging them to, uh, you know, rep- to to recognize your civil disobedience, or go and take a drug test, and maybe, or take a bunch of drug tests, and then maybe we'll defer this and you know not bring it back up in the future. That's pretty much the choice. That's the choice. Yeah, and so you know we go back into court and. Uh, you know, we've told the lawyers explicitly we don't want to do the deferment program. We'd like to request a jury trial, you know, everything. So they go up there, and they just say, yeah, they'll do the deferment. <laughs> and we're like, wow. well, what's going on? And they mentioned the uh, we would like a jury trial, at which, you know, of course, the judge said it wasn't an option. And they said, okay. And then they hand us these papers, and it's like a map of the Capitol building with big square around it. And they say we're not allowed anywhere within that square anymore, which means we're completely cut off from any of our so-called representatives in the Capitol (laughs) at this point, completely Mm. cut off from that area. And they hand us this paper that gives us this long list of things, including, like, we have to take a drug test today. If it comes out positive, we have to, you know, go to this place to do weekly testing. We have to stay off Capitol ground. All these weird things. And they show (laughs) us where we're supposed to sign our name. And so they hand it to me. I'm reading like the first paragraph and I lean into my lawyer and I say, you know, I told you I didn't want to do this. And the clerk standing next to me overhears that, rips the papers out of my hands and out of Catherine's hands and just writes refused where our name should go and then rips off our copy and hands it to us and says, get out. And at the bottom it says, if you refuse, uh, a bench warrant will be applied. And, you know, now I have a bench warrant out for me. So I'm technically a fugitive at this point. Stunning. Stu- that sounds yeah, like DC. Yeah, that sounds like what what happens in DC. You get the run around, or you get the shaft. Yeah, or, I mean, you, you know. think it's bad? Where if we think it's bad in New Hampshire, and it's bad 
it's worse in so many other places. I mean, this is crazy. Can you imagine just for a moment? The, these lawyers are not used to people saying no to their services. Can you imagine being the average person walking into this and just being completely befuddled and bewildered with what's going on around you? And like, you know, just so grateful that you have this attorney. And we, we were standing in court today because I went to do some stuff at a superior court, get some business taken care of. And this young lady, maybe like 21, walks in and she said, what do I do? She says this to the security agent. She'd never been in a courtroom before in her life. And there are people that are that are in these situations that don't have the experience that you do, Meg, of actually going to court, watching other trials, being in court yourself and defending yourself. You at least have some inclination as to what your rights are and at some level of uh, a willingness to assert them. But even in even in your case, they would just walk all over you. Right. That and the, yes. the whole trusting we of the We were not given a chance to speak. And when we were leaving, Eddie asked the uh, prosecutor, like, how do you feel about putting peaceful people in cages? And the prosecutor actually said to him, these uh, white suburban kids need to learn that they're not above the law. You know, I'd like to know what you're going to do now, uh, Meg, because there's a, apparently a warrant out for your arrest. Uh, so can yeah. you stick with us? Yeah. I'll All right. Have... We're coming up with Meg here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Eight fifty five four fifty three, free talk live. That is the SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in talk about what you want to talk about, Ian. Yeah, so uh, what I'd like to talk about is something I'd asked you about earlier, but we just got distracted with all kinds of things to discuss. You'd mentioned it before, blackthisout.com. You said it was like the new version of the Ron Paul money bomb that made something like $20 million for Ron Paul in the 2008 campaign. Yeah, there's been a lot of money bombs since then. This is a, the new thing. But yeah. the, uh, has anything exceeded the original November 5th, Nothing. 2008, 2007 money bomb? I mean, that was huge. That was a record-setting day for all of politics. He raised yeah. more than all the other Republican candidates combined, I think, in that one, mm-hmm. one day. And uh, so now they're doing it again, but it's going to be different somehow. Blackthisout.com, the largest grassroots donation effort in history. Now, is this just for Ron Paul? Oh, yeah. That's I understand it. It is. It says it's the first step here to getting the government out of your life and out of this economy. Uh, you can let the media know that you won't stand by and let your freedom be blacked out. Blackthisout.com. So, like, what else is different, Mark? I mean, I haven't been there yet. I just heard about it, and we've been all kinds of busy here. So. Well, it's, it's it's very similar. I mean, you know, you're donating money, donating money to the Ron Paul campaign in order to uh, get him, um, you know, the 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 acclaim that he deserves. The fact is, in the the past quarter, he got he was in the top three. Right, he's already a player financially. He's, he's right? a top tier. Yeah, he's he he's. It, in politics, money matters, and how much you raise is a really great indication of who's going to win. And he's not only raising money. I mean, I've only I'm only seeing this on like the news in jail. This is my first time out of jail tonight. Uh, so I've actually seen them give Ron Paul. I saw it the other night they they showed like 
Romney was some however many millions, and then Ron Paul was up there in that top group. Yeah, he was of, in the top uh, three yep. of people, and and he's also been doing all right in some of the the polls now, from what I understand. As I understand, he is a truly a top tier candidate. He's uh, yeah. one of the two that has been uh, said to be able to beat Obama in the polls, and and different things go. You know, these, it, these it's polls definitely different than the around. 2008 campaign. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, so this is the new version of the the money bomb, and it's actually happening on October 19th, not the fifth, right? So. That's right, October nineteenth. Blackthisout.com. You can get archives of Free Talk Live going back for five years by going to archives.freetalklive.com. They are available to you for free. I don't think any other commercial radio program does that for you. It's archives.freetalklive.com. So go check them out. Let's go back to Meg in Virginia. Meg. Well, now Meg's uh, been telling us about what, Mark. Well, I have to recap. You're yeah. here. Go ahead. All right, fine. So, <laughs> so uh, Meg, you uh, you went to court with some of your lemonade vending cohorts today, as y'all were Evil arrested doers. in D.C. Uh, over the summer for selling lemonade in a public park, and they changed your charge around. They told you that uh, you could get out of the charge, perhaps, with a so-called deferment if you just go ahead and take a drug test, which you weren't charged with any drug possession, uh, and continue taking drug tests. If you failed the drug test, then they might let you off in the future, and you tried to take it to trial but they said no sorry you can't take it have a jury trial on this because we've reduced it to the point you know the charge the severity of the charge to the point where you're not allowed to have a jury trial so that was disappointing you had these lawyers who told you that they were going to represent you but you said you didn't want that but they did it anyway and welcome to the legal land world of washington dc so continue please oh yeah so yeah we didn't really have a choice if we wanted to be part of that deferment program or not so you know, it was ordered to us, uh, and we had to take that drug test at 2.30 in the afternoon. And instead, we just, you know, walked out of the courtroom that day. So Well, right, because uh, have- they wrote down that you'd refused it, and, and apparently that means you've got a warrant out for your arrest. Well, yeah, they said that a bench warrant would be issued if uh, these were not followed. And, you know, I didn't write refuse. The lady just took it from me and wrote refuse because right. she said we were taking too long, although... It was because I, you know, said to my lawyer, I told you I didn't want to do this, and she overheard that, which I thought, you know, that was supposed to be confidential, but apparently not. Yeah, right. I mean, you can't say something to your attorney without them uh, chiming in and just writing something on a piece of paper. I mean, you hadn't actually sort of officially refused. You just told the the lawyer, look, I didn't want this. Did they do the refusal thing to just two of the three or all three of you? They ended up doing it to all three because, wow. you know, once she took mine and Catherine's paper, Will just sort of looked up. And he kind of lucked out in that the uh, lawyer that he got is a self-acclaimed libertarian. So, you know, he didn't act any different in front of a judge. Sure. He's, you know, at least a little more mindful of where we're coming from on this. So, so what's next? What's going to happen So now? at this point, um, we have a lot of people trying to look for lawyers for us. We have... Uh, I think it's, I don't know exactly what it's called. It's just more of like a status hearing on the 24th of October. And so we're looking for a lawyer at this point, because if we go back there, then obviously we can just be arrested at that point and taken to jail for contempt. Mm -hmm. And so we want to go in there with, you know, somebody who at least can give us the possibility of walking away, because if not, it's also a serious option to just never go back to D.C., (laughs) Would they so, extradite for something like this? Do you think it is essentially a permit violation, right? Yeah. Well, the original charge is a permit violation. However, this new contempt charge is a criminal violation. Mm, ah. And so the addition of those two, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if not going back to D.C. is necessarily a solution. 
But what is the solution? Yeah. I mean, it's such a mixed up situation. You, you can't even find your. It's like being trapped in a paper bag, and you don't have any idea how to get out. It's so dark, and yes. you're just you're stumbling around, and you have no clue. The system is designed yeah, I, so I that people do not violate what they um you know the, so that people <laughs> obey. It's designed yeah. for you to to be you know incentivize you to obey. So civil disobedience has its uh, downfalls. And, so. and the idea that the uh, the public defender appointed to these individuals who did not choose it. And the public defender's self-interest is to, yeah, we'll just do whatever the court says because we got to work with these guys every day. You know, it's, so it's, it's just shameful. Yeah. Anything else you, you know, want to share tonight, Meg, about this? Heaven forbid they put effort into defense. No. Right. I mean, are you pretty much burned out on this whole D.C. Uh, trip? Uh, it's not that I'm burned out. It's just that for the extreme measures that I'm facing, like a year or two in jail at this point, over... <laughs> 10 minutes of civil disobedience, yep. you know, like it did do a lot. It did get a lot of exposure and it did show a lot of people that were just, you know, at the mall that day, at what's actually going on. I mean, there was a tourist group from, I think, Spain or something, and their tour guide was actually explaining to them, like, this is not right. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was amazing to see the little kids just like, you know, ignore the police who told them not to do something. They just wanted some lemonade. They came up and bought lemonade from you and were told not to. That video was great, too, where where the police are actually telling the kids, no, don't buy that from him. Don't don't give them any money. Just just take it free. The little girl just shrugs and rolls her eyes. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Great video. (laughs) Well, you know, Meg, keep us in the loop, will you please, and let us know what continues in this odyssey of yours. And I can tell you, I'm burned out on DC just from listening uh, to this. I mean, this is so crazy. And I know that uh, one of your uh, friends out there Eddie Free has made the commitment to make the move to New Hampshire, so I think that's yeah, exciting. Yeah, and uh, I'll hopefully be coming up there soon after. All right, look forward to it, and I hope this uh, resolves. And good luck. Thanks, Meg. Take care, Meg. 855-450-3733. Man, that is so Nuts. crazy. That, and, and, well, it's it's like you said. They're in this paper bag, and this this tour guide that's they're given by the court, the public defender, is like, yeah, well, you know, there's no really way out of here. You should just do this. Yeah, just jump yeah. in the hole. Yeah, just yeah, look. It's so much work for me to fight this. Come on, just just take the deferral. Let's go to Captain Ned calling from Florida. Captain Ned. Hey, the campaign to free and Freeman is finally over after 58 days in captivity. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, buddy, you've been keeping track, I hear. Hey, free at last, man. How's it feel to be uh, not looking through those bars? It's good. I wish I didn't have another court case coming up, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I got myself into this, and uh, it's going to come out however it comes out. Well, like I said, man, you're, you're, you're now cagier after being in that cage. So, uh, yeah, I, I got faith in you, man. Yes, I have been corrected. Mm. Oh, wait, no. No, I haven't. I just sat in jail. Ian, you've changed so much. Still broken. Well, I knew no jail could hold you, Ian. They did let me out a day early, and then I got the early release. I was sentenced to 90 days. I was sentenced to 90 days, was originally supposed to spend 60, uh, because on good behavior, you get out after two-thirds of the sentence here in uh, New Hampshire, if you're a good little boy in the in the, uh, the cage. And, and had, 59 days was the, they were going to be kind to you and release you on the 59th day, because the 60th day was Saturday, and they wouldn't, they don't no, know. No, 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 the 59 days was because I'd already spent a day in jail. When I was first arrested, I, I spent that night in jail, so I, I got pre-trial credit for one. Hey, hey, if you're uh, heading to a break, I got something interesting hold, about what the bar means. Hold the line, if you would, right. Captain Ned. There are different theories on this bar thing. Yes. 855-450-3733 on Free Talk Live.
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. You're listening to Free Talk Live! Awesome. (laughs) 855-450-3733. So let's go back to Captain Ned in Florida. Captain Ned? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, real quick, uh, hey to Mark and JJ. Uh, Three of my favorite rebel rousers are present accounted for. Boom. And uh, Mark has gotten smooth as Don Imus, man. It's been a little scary to watch. He's <laughs> also getting old like Don Imus. Look at all that gray in his beard. Yeah, I blame you. Well, he's not through one like Don yet, but, you know. Uh, hey, but anyway, this uh, British Admiralty Royalty is what the bar stands for. I heard it was British Accredited Royalty or something like that. Yeah, uh, Admiralty. Uh, or British Accredited the, Register. Yeah, well, that's they become an Esquire. Now, that is a... That's like a duke or a duke or a duchess, like Fergie, you know. Yeah, it's uh, is, it's a it's essentially a title of nobility. Exactly, which is another reason to vote for Ron Paul. Article one, section nine, clause eight of our Constitution states: No title of nobility shall be granted by the United States, and no person holding any office of profit or trust under them, the several states, shall, without the consent of Congress, accept any president emolient office. Or title of any kind whatsoever from any. Well, they would friends. probably claim that uh, the United States didn't grant it to them; that the the well, BAR did, the Bar Association yeah, granted right. the title. Well, that's that's easy too. But uh, now, anyway, Captain Ned, why why do lawyers not know what the Bar? Uh, I mean, if that the Bar is an acronym, if it is, um, and well, why do they not know it? It's like anything. A lot of people just aren't aware. A lot of doctors aren't aware of a lot of things that are that, that pertain to them. But that's why, like uh, Jillian Mass will tell you, that's why they want you to cross that rail, okay? But that is why you assert your birthright as a citizen of several states, a refusal to bow to a foreign uh, to foreign. Now, you've done this, uh, right, Captain Ned? Well, no, but... Ah, uh, boo, uh, busted. Here's, 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 Ooh, see, this well, is the thing, Ned... There's a lot of things I haven't done, but I can Come on up, it. man. Come on up. Show us how it's okay. done. We, yeah. You can go get an opportunity. Just go. All you have to do is park downtown, get a parking ticket, there and take go. that to court. I mean, there's, like, no risk involved in that. Uh, Mark, you've done this. You've taken the parking ticket to court. You actually never made it to court because they dropped the ticket. Yeah. But if you actually did make it to court, as I did once, you'd have the opportunity to try your magic uh, solution and see if it actually goes anywhere. Because I can tell <laughs> well, you that... that, that you know, it's your- it's your birthright as a son of our. Uh, Good luck getting the man in the robe hero, to you know? acknowledge any rights. He was arrested for not sitting <laughs> fast enough. Yeah, or not standing. sitting. Or, I mean, just, just think about that. They're all, they're all esquires. You just refuse to, to bow to any foreign royalty. But uh, that's why you always ask for a civil court. Okay, that's why they want you to cross that rail. You become, Some people you say you you know it's all admiralty court, or you need to exactly. be in common that's law, and there's well, like all these Cap- theories. Captain Ned, there's no rail in district court. That's in Keene district court, know, there is no rail. Nope. But that, that's what they want you to do. You ask for a civil court, okay? That, that takes you out of that jurisdiction of the Admiralty Court. I would but love anyway. to see somebody make one of these theories work. And, uh, Captain yeah. Ned, I hope that someday that you can actually prove it rather than theorizing. And I appreciate it. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you called. Thanks, dude. Yep. 
Nice to hear from him. Because yeah. that's what happens is people call the show and they've heard something, they've read something online, and the, you know it's, it's purported as the truth by someone who knows, someone who's been to court and he's had these wins. Of course, there isn't any video of it because no courtroom will allow a video camera in, in most cases. Uh, we, we get that to happen here in New Hampshire. But every time something like this has been tried, it's gone down in flames. I've tried some well, of this stuff. Yeah, you had uh, Mark's, what, Mark Stevens? Yeah, I did. I did a little Mark Stevens. I did a little bit of uh, you know some of this uh, you know don't consent to the court thing, and I did. I did. You know, well, I I mean, you actually had him uh, appear via video conference with your your recent incarceration, and you know that that didn't pan out at all. Shut him down like a. Book I think something. Mark's a great guy, and I think a lot of yeah. things he's. I think sure, there's a lot you definitely. can learn from what Mark Stevens has to I say. Agree. But when it comes to applying these theories, and Mark actually has applied some of his and has had some successes. Right. I mean, he, he can show you successes, but and- he's more likely to have a success in a place where you're going in a courtroom where they don't know who you are and they don't know what to expect from you. Right. And they're not. They're they not part of. Really hate you already. You're not known as part of a movement, uh, etc. The, 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 the parameters here are completely different. But either way. Please, if you believe in one of these theories, get some proof that it works. And I don't just mean that you said that it works because it worked for you back in the past, way back when, and you know you were there, so it worked. No, no, no. Some sort of audio proof or video proof. And I don't just mean at one hearing, but I mean post that. There was the one uh, piece of video of the guy in Canada who seemed to back down an entire courtroom. And it was an amazing piece of video with like some of this Freeman stuff that, uh, that he was doing. Yeah. But – Rumor has it that after that fact, they put out a warrant for his arrest and like we don't know what the rest of that story was. So some of the things he did on that video were pretty baffling and pretty amazing. But you don't get to see the whole story in that case. Someone needs to have the chronicle from beginning to end from the time he got pulled over or the time the you know the complaint was lodged against them all the way to the very end of having the charge thrown out in court. Have it documented as much as possible so somebody can actually look at that and say, oh. Yeah, this works. I'll give it a try. Because otherwise, you're just throwing S against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Let's go to Adam in Canada. Adam. Hey, gentlemen. Glad to hear you back, Ian. Hey, thanks. I don't like having your butt kissed, but I want to say this so you don't think I'm criticizing you at all. You're awesome. You're an inspiration. But I want to talk about behavior in prison. Yeah. They make a lot of money off of people in courts, but they also make a lot of money off of what's essentially slave labor in prison. This is true. And if somebody's truly a guilty, violent criminal, do they deserve a job more than someone on the outside because they're willing to work for 75 cents an hour? Good point. <clears throat> I wanted to. Say I didn't that get paid at all, by the way, it. when I was working in the kitchen. Uh, they, nobody gets paid in this jail. That, now, there are prison jobs. This Indeed. isn't prison. I was in jail. But there are prisons in New Hampshire where they do have, you know, they make the license plates. But then plates. they're making even more money off of you. I, I want to say it's hard to face 90 days on day one as opposed to 60. But coming out of it, would you rather have served another 30 days just so you could say they didn't make any money off of you? How would they have not made money off of me? Because you wouldn't be doing any of the prison functions they'd have had to hire out if no I mean another prisoner would take Oh, I wanted to. You know, I could have I could have said Whoa, well, well, hold on, hold on. I liked working in the kitchen. It's a way to pass mm-hmm. eight hours in the day, man. I mean that's it's not a problem for me working in the kitchen. But there right. would be civil disobedience benefits. There's no benefit. To not let them profit from keeping people in. They're going to make the same amount of money either way, whether or not I work in in that kitchen, because somebody's going to work in that kitchen, and if exactly. I don't work in the kitchen, then they're going to lock me in a cage. But it's and... also the same problem you face on the outside, though, to a lesser degree when you're with free staters. Well, I, I think it's it's a case by case situation depending well, on the individual. If they get enough free staters in jail, maybe this will happen. 
Well, it, I don't think that's <laughs> But that's not the... For, for me, I don't have an issue with the jailers. See, that's one of the things I've... I, maybe I didn't get a chance to point that out tonight. I certainly did on my blog post at freekeen.com. But I don't have a bone to pick with these guys. They don't have the discretion that the police and the justice system has. Every step along the way until jail, any one of those people, those bureaucrats, could have stopped this process. No, and I wouldn't the cops, animosity at the staff of the jail for that reason. Well. well, if you're disobedient, but, they'll take that as animosity. If you're non-cooperative in jail... problem. Huh? That should be their problem. Well, it becomes your problem when you get locked up in segregation and you can't talk to anybody and you only get a visit once a week for only a half an hour. Uh, you completely become cut off from any level of interaction at all. And then you're really wasting your time in jail because at least when you're out in population, you can talk to the guards. You can talk get to books. The, the inmates. You can get books. You can, go to, you can get stuff from the library. You can have work detailed to take the time away. You can even watch television in some cases if that's your thing, play games. There's all kinds of things for you to do. You can get unlimited visits at this particular uh, jail for the most part if you're out in population if you're locked in segregation you're just with yourself for 23 hours a day and one hour you get out into the day room but you're alone in the day room and you get to walk around for a little while that's it you have absolutely no impact in that particular case and i will concede it's a long time coming before this is anything that's futile but hopefully in the future it's uh, a less of a less profitable to lock up a free state, or maybe people will be aware of that in the system. I get where you're coming from, and I think that with enough civil disobedience, that might be true, and that they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't want to overflow a jail with uh, yeah, with liberty activists. In, but, but like I said, thank you by the way for the call, Adam. I appreciate thank it, and I appreciate any critique. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to pick. I have no bone to pick with these jailers. The the police officers. Could have not arrested Heike in the first place for drinking the beer in the park. They could, they had totally had plenty of chances. I mean, they were there for like 20 minutes arguing with people before they actually made the arrest. Of course, she had uh, opportunities to take a ticket, too, rather they could than have going walked to jail. Away. They could have walked away. But either either way, Mark, I had decided on my own that the next time I saw something happening that I thought was unjust, I was going to stand in front of a police car. So whether it was Heike or whatever came next, at some point, maybe it would have been Derek this summer, but at some point I would have done that. So either way, I was in for that. And uh, so my, my, my point being that, uh, you know, th- these activists are getting out there. They're doing what they what they feel is right. And the cops can stop at any time because they have discretion and the courts have discretion too. the prosecutor could have said, no, pros, we're done with this charge. You're out of here. Forget about this. The cops are out of line. And the judge could have said, case dismissed. I can't believe you're putting this in front of me in this jury. You're wasting everybody's time. So those are the people that I have the, the biggest gripe with within the system because they're the ones that are aggressing against these people. The people in the jail, yeah, they're imprisoning peaceful people, and that's wrong, but they don't have a choice about it besides to quit their jobs. And we all and know – release anybody. And, they, and we all know that if they quit their jobs, then maybe a sadist is going to come in and take their position. And in this particular jail, the one in Cheshire County, I think there's some real good people working there. I mean I got the chance to meet some of these guys. I'm going to blog about it later at freekeen.com. Glad you're out, Ian. Free Talk Live, thanks for listening. Uh, in the meantime, check out freetalklive.com. Seven days a week, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Free Talk Live. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell. Leaders and managers often believe that they are supposed to have all of the answers. When I started my career out of college, I naively thought that I needed to have all of the answers to be seen as a leader. It didn't matter how far outside my expertise the question was, I tried to answer it. But people saw through my inexperience very quickly. 
I soon began to realize that a leader's job isn't to know everything, but to attract people who know things he or she do not. Once I began to realize that one of us is not as smart as all of us, I didn't try to provide all the answers. I tried to bring people together to help find the answers. You can too, if you do less answering and more asking. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author, John C. Maxwell, helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold.